0: You know, if I'm doing the same thing every day, where's the opportunity to learn something different or to grow? To where I can even come up with new material from experiences. Like if I'm you know, experiencing the same exact thing for about 12 hours in a day, and I have two to three hours to myself, and usually those two to three hours is watching Chopped,
1: (laughs) and eating dinner, and then going to bed, you can only write so many jokes about the Food Network, you know? You're listening to Find the Good News, episode 83, The Open Mic, featuring Chase Bonin of the Lake Charles comedy scene. Find the Good News is produced by Parker Brand Creative Services, a branding agency that thinks sideways, pushes forward, and gets your brand up. See what else we do at parkerbrandup.com. I talk a lot about love and compassion on this show. I truly believe they're medicine, and two of the greatest gifts that can be given and received. But there's another very human gift that brings great healing, and I know I don't talk about it enough, and that gift is laughter. When I look back on my life, laughter has often been a huge component to my well-being, and a good belly laugh has always been a sign that reconciliation may have occurred and deep grief is settling. Or maybe a cosmic awareness of the silliness and beauty of life has hit me square in the forehead the truth is i want to get the great joke and laugh through my tears and these beings that have the ability to pull the chuckles out of me when i need it most are acting as great healers i had to laugh at myself yet again when chase bonin local comedian and organizer of the late charles comedy scene came in for a visit on find the good news I'm guilty of being one of those people, you know, the ones that say, I wish we had this or that in our area. Well, the joke was on me. I truly didn't know we had an active and growing stand up comedy scene in southwest Louisiana, and visiting with Chase reminded me yet again that I don't always know what I think I know. Chase loves comedy and is a student of stand up, and he's using that love and high interest to bring local and regional talent to our area. I enjoyed hearing about his road to stand up. He's honest, funny, and somewhere between those things, I found a really authentic bit of wisdom as well. And that's really good news. I invite you to listen to my conversation with Chase Bonin, a really funny guy with an open mic if you think you might be funny too. The world may still be trying to figure out how to kickstart all the old systems, but for the time being, just lay those worries down. Chase Bonin has some chuckles to share. So take a drive, a walk, put in some earbuds, then dust off your smile. Prepare to laugh and have a genuine good time. Then press play on a little good news. Wake up, it's morning, you're dreaming up a story I can hear the way it's going, cause you're laughing in your sleep on the path to your deliverance and a holy wall of light. Old news, bad news, fake news sometimes you just want to shut it all down and get no news at all. With Find the Good News, I aim to change that by focusing on good people doing good work. I visit with artists, educators, civic and spiritual leaders, musicians, business owners, students, volunteers, and everyday citizens who are using their creativity, resources, and talents to bring hope and happiness to their corner of the world. In each episode, I dig into the hearts and minds of my extraordinary guests, we have street level conversations about relatable things going on in their lives, discover the critical life experiences that shape them, the perspectives that drive them, and the fundamental beliefs that are anchoring them to a path of goodness. There's a lot of news in the world. My name is Orrin Parker, and I'm going to find the good.
0: And I love you just as well.
1: well, look, we're rolling. So we can just jump right into it. We were actually kind of already talking about it. Yeah,
0: obviously. Um, One thing, though, I was going to ask you, uh, how old are you? 45. 45. Okay, because I was trying to figure out, most people from Sulphur know each other. (laughs) Yeah. So I'm 36. 36,
1: okay. So So we got a little, almost a decade between us. Yeah, you might know my youngest sister, Rebecca, maybe. I mean, y'all are in the same age bracket. Did you graduate from Sulphur High?
0: Well, That's no, <laughs> I didn't graduate. Uh, I quit when I was like 16 and got my
1: GED, so f this place, yeah.
0: It was uh, me and the sulfur high didn't get along very well, yeah. At all. So it was like, a, uh, I don't know, I wasn't even really that bad of a kid, I guess. Uh, but it was more of just lazy, uh,
1: <laughs> that's honest, <yeah.
0: laughs> on my part. And I mean, I am, I guess, like, I could, I could. I could be kind of I um, I don't know of a good word to describe it. I could be a pain in the ass. <laughs> you can just be yeah, a, yeah. a real
1: pain in the butt. Yeah. <laughs> so. Dude, that's honest right up the gate. That's actually what makes the show better is when people get honest. Yeah. and You're just being like really honest.
0: Yeah, I will talk a lot about stuff. <laughs> so, hey, man, that's, this
1: should yeah. be fun. I, you know, sometimes this, this show, I never wanted it to be about one thing. Yeah. You know, because what's good... There's this line in the Tao Te Ching that's come up a few times, but I it, when I read it the first time, it really hit me like a ton of bricks. I mean, I was in my 20s because, especially when it comes to morality, mm-hmm. and I was the line goes like this: It says, "What is a good man but a bad man's teacher, and what is a bad man but a good man's job." And I just kind of paused right there when Mm -hmm. I read that. And and to some people, they'd be like, oh, you know, fortune cookie wisdom, but it really hit me. Mm -hmm. And it it stripped away so much at such a young age of like, why? It really just for me, it was like, why do we do what we do? Why do we choose one thing to be good and another bad? So it's all like That's this whole Obi-Wan Kenobi, you know, truth from your own perspective kind of thing. Yeah, it's pretty interesting. Yeah, so like, I guess my, my reason for saying that is, you know, what one's path, your path. You know, you mm-hmm. chose, you said you were a pain in the ass and you decided to quit school. And uh, maybe that was good for you. Maybe that is your you becoming you was yeah. part of that. And that's, that might be uncomfortable for some people. You know, yeah. not that I'm going to sit here and advocate to my kid, Hey, quit well, school. Yeah. But at the same time, I don't know. I actually, know.
0: <laughs> when I did it, uh, cause my, my brother, he did it. We both did it about the same age. Really? Uh, and we, and it's, it's, I don't know if it's a good thing to say that we had support from our parents, mostly, uh, like my mom, but she, she could see the uh, trouble we're having. Just like, cause the uh, grades weren't really bad, yeah, <clears throat> but they weren't always there. Cause we weren't always there. Or like if I would go out, sleep a lot in class, I wasn't really like acting up or anything like that. But then also, I guess at the same time, uh, if I would get sent to the office for something like that, I would like not really problem with the authority, but I just like you, what are you telling me what to do for like, you know,
1: but, if I was to be honest and I think most people would probably who really know me know this about me that I, I have a problem with that. And I don't know if it's necessarily a problem per se, but mm-hmm. I'm uh, definitely believe in self governance. <laughs> I, I believe a human being can and should have the right to, you know, govern themselves as long as they do not hurt other human beings yeah. and don't uh, take more than their share. Yeah, and if sense. they do take more than their share, the other people have a full right to come stomp their butt in the ground and get them in line of their, on their own. Okay. I've yeah. always kind of carried that around in me is that way. So the the idea of authority yeah i've struggled i struggle with yeah. it as on the the legalism of a lot of things you know yeah. it's like this is this is all a bunch of paperwork mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah. it's kind of odd yeah but i guess like
0: in school it was more of a lack of respect <laughs> maybe
1: uh, <laughs> here but- i'm trying to take you to this <laughs> other level and you're yeah. like yeah that's cool man but yeah. like it's really more just a lack of respect <laughs>
0: I completely understand what you're talking about, though. But I don't know. I'm going off of my personal experience. No, I get uh, it, man. Let's
1: hear it. But it, and it's a growing
0: uh, thing still to this day. Yeah, like, sure. And there is way more respect for authority in general. But that's because I don't want to go to jail or get hurt by other people.
1: Sure. Oh, well, there you <clears> go. <throat> yeah, that's so. what I was going to say. Yeah. You know, exactly. sometimes I'm like, take me to jail. But on the other hand, yeah. I'm like, you know, don't don't kill me, please. Yeah. I mean, now this is going to be yeah, sad, yeah. but I'm really telling it, telling the truth here. But I I keep a pair of those safety yellow gloves that you see in construction sites—I mm-hmm. keep a pair in my truck, mm-hmm. and it hasn't happened yet. But I keep them so when I get pulled over, I'm going to put them on my hands because I have this fear. Because <laughs> I watch these videos, man, yeah. and people are like, the other day I watched one, and this kid, both the guy, the guys, both his arms were out the window, and the and the cop came up to the window and said, "Gun, gun." And the guy the kid said, I'm recording. And then he changed his tune. And I was like, oh my gosh, man. Like he was really trying to bait, Mm -hmm. bait this kid into getting shot. And I was like, man, that's It could be crazy. That's messed up out (laughs) there. I mean, when you got some I mean, granted, in all different structures, you know, Mm -hmm. you've got good and bad. But in those situations like that, I'm like, dude, that's somebody that just wants to kill somebody, man. Yeah, that's pretty insane to think about. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, I have that little little fear in the back of my head i'm like man can i get pulled over one day and like you know wear your hands show me your hands like yeah. i'm gonna just i'm just gonna keep this hot yellow <laughs> gloves and like they're gonna be up in the air you know even yeah. if i just get pulled over for a speeding ticket man it's like <laughs> that real. it's the kind of world i think we're unfortunately yeah. coming to you know
0: yeah well, hopefully it gets better i hope so
1: too that's <laughs> yeah. actually the other side of this show is i hope mm-hmm. i actually do yeah. hope and believe people can be better You know, but at the same time, I have this like undertone of, uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I hope for the best, but there's also real stuff that's going on out there.
0: Yeah. For, uh, I don't know if this relates that well, but for a long time, Years ago, I got real heavy into conspiracy theories. Oh, yeah. and they got, can be fun. That, 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 that was <laughs> the, my the, idea. I was like, this is fun. And yeah. <laughs> for a couple months, I got too deep into it and I was like, this isn't fun anymore.
1: No, it gets dark. And I'm just scared. Yeah, so. you go down the hole too far into that <laughs> yeah. world and it's like, what in the world, exactly. man? Exactly. So I had to back up out of that for yeah. a while. So. Oh, I think it's interesting, though. I mean, it's, it's some of that stuff can be. If you, if you take a step back and enjoy it as almost fiction, mm-hmm. but it's like you said, yeah. it's like it gets too real.
0: And some of the stuff ends up being real. Yeah, that's, real. And that's where you're right. just like, okay, like, yeah. what do I do now? turns your
1: world yeah. upside down, that so. kind of stuff. That whole snow globe gets yeah. broken. I get that, man. I've been down that path many times. So yeah. Heck, I can't say I won't get there again, you know? Exactly.
0: And it's not that I'm going to, I'm not denying any of it or I'm not confirming any of it. Yeah. It's just maybe I don't want to know for real. <laughs> Right. <laughs> so I just right. focus on what I want to do with my life blissful ignorance exactly. yeah so you
1: can get all yeah because honestly mm-hmm. man you could get if you worry about all this stuff that's out of your control mm-hmm. you'll just get gridlocked and just go oh my yeah. foot's in this bear trap of negativity and I'm mm-hmm. just stuck right here you know yeah. and the world looks that way the world I, I've really come to believe that any everything looks like whatever you're currently into mm-hmm. yeah because yeah. i mean about a month ago well not even a month ago th- less than three weeks ago i read this book about cults yeah and you know on, Steve steve is on gr- incredible cult research i mean you know going back through history but i told a buddy of mine and i've told my wife this too i said ever since i've read that book Everything looks like a cult. I mean if I go to yeah. the grocery store and they're like, Do you have your shoppers card? I'm like, cult. <laughs> it's <a> cult.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> cult. It's, yeah, I can see that, yeah. But some of those so psychological principles yeah. that are in these cult uh, the, the control of a cult does apply to like branding and mm-hmm. yeah. all this other stuff. So it's hard to not yeah. go, eh, how far do you go before it's cult?
0: Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> so I'm
1: here wagging my finger, that's a cult. That's funny. <laughs> all right so we like jumped right in which i love that about the show but before we dive way back off the cliff again um could we just kind of rappel down the hill of you for a second and you let everybody know who i'm talking to and yeah uh chase Bonin, uh
0: currently the only uh successful i guess comedy show that's steady and late charles is what i'm running uh so that's what I do. I try to do comedy, try to bring laughs to the people, currently trying to just get people to realize uh, that <clears throat> there is comedy in Lake Charles, and there has been for a while. It's always just kind of like sporadic. Yeah. So that's why I'm trying to keep this show steady. It's uh, every other week at the Social Club in Lake Charles, 1301 oh. East McNeil. Okay, I don't, yeah. I'm i not
1: familiar with that. The mm-hmm. Social Club? <clears throat> yeah,
0: it's, uh, it's just a bar. Okay. Uh, it's actually connected to the Man Cave Salon.
1: Oh, OK. So Man. I gotcha. Right next to Crane Angle. Right next okay. to Crane Angle. Yeah.
0: Gotcha. Uh, and it's still a newer thing. I, I think it's a couple, been around for a couple of years, but we've been doing this show for going on a year now. OK. Uh, that this show and they were nice enough to open the doors and kind of let me have full creative control on nice. how the show r- runs. And I run it as an open mic with a headliner. Okay, uh, so that means anybody can show up. Wow! And say, "Hey, I want to get on stage for five nice. minutes okay. and try to be funny." And I do that to, and it, it's actually worked because uh, I'm trying to grow a scene. Yeah, mean? totally. And the best way to do that is to have as many performers as you can. Yeah, and they can bring friends and family, and then people it kind of the yeah. buzz catches on. Uh, so that's that's what I've been doing. We've been having a pretty good uh, solid lineup of regulars that come and sign up every really week local people. It. Yeah. I Man, I'm
1: so glad to hear this. I didn't know this.
0: It's crazy because, like, I didn't know that these people were out there either. Okay. And we were doing, uh, me and a couple other guys were having, We there was an open mic like, at Luna Live for, like, a couple years every Sunday, and that got moved to uh, the Regal Beagle on, like, Wednesdays, and it was just, like, not really as much participation once it got there. Yeah. And, uh... So I was just like, let me just kind of do my own thing and see what I can bring to the table. Like, yeah. No, no offense to those guys that were still. Sure. Yeah. That. I mean,
1: everybody's going to try something. But, uh,
0: sure. And it just kind of started catching on. Right so, on. Okay. And I don't, I don't want to sound like I'm like the man or whatever because I'm saying You're I have the only, yeah, cause I'm saying I have the only like su- successful show, but it's a. Uh, currently successful show if somebody else starts their own show whether it be an open mic or just a showcase they do once a month or whatever and it's successful then great because we need more yeah and that's kind of like my idea here is to get more funny in lake charles
1: so okay this is i got a lot of questions uh, one how many people are coming to these shows Sign up wise. Our average list is about ten. So you have ten different people <clears throat> so plus a headliner. Plus a headliner, yeah. So wow.
0: be, and uh, ten different people, and it fluctuates. Sometimes we've had up to like sixteen people. Really? Because we'll get people all the way from like Lafayette uh, or like Houston. There's a few people that'll come from. So Houston they're making that wrong. circuit, yeah. <clears> okay? <throat> and uh, these are people that are you know trying to grow themselves as well. Yeah, so. absolutely. And it's really cool. But as far as local that are there every time, we have a solid like at least five of those are like the same people every time
1: from, from here, from my yeah. area. Wow. So, so I didn't even know. I mean, cause I mean, <clears throat> you're right. There have been comedians who have come out of late Charles yeah. and, and you know, I don't know what their success levels been or, and I guess that depends on their gauge for success, yeah. but I know like Jen Cobra. Mm-hmm. I mean, she's been appeared in some things. Yeah, I mean, exactly. You know, which a lot of comedians do. I mean, that helps yeah. grow their career. Yeah. She,
0: uh, <clears throat> honestly, she's the one who kind of kickstarted this for me. Really. Uh, because it was in 2013 is when I first started trying to do stand-up. First time I ever went on stage. And it was just, hey, this is something I've been wanting to do for a long time. <clears throat> Hopped on an open mic that was like a music open mic my buddy was hosting at Luna Live. Yeah. And uh, he got me up there and just told whatever happened that day or whatever. And it was like, you got some laughs. So it was kind of fun. So I was like, let me keep at this. Yeah. Well, then about six months into me doing that, like like once a week... She came through, and she was here for the summer, and she set up a show at Jack Daniels Bar and Grill yeah. called The Homegrown Comedy Show.
1: Yeah, I do. I recall that. Not, I didn't go, but I recall <clears throat> yeah. it. Okay.
0: And uh, so she pretty much, um, what does it called? She did like a, a audition for a bunch of like actor, like comedic actors, okay. like improv, and like uh, stand-ups. Yeah. Everybody went up there, you did your thing for a couple minutes, and then... You got a call back if you're going to be on this part of the show or not. And I was one of the ones that she selected, which was pretty cool. Awesome. yeah. (laughs) And uh, so it it was interesting because we went right off the bat. It was like Monday and like every Monday and Tuesday we would have like a rehearsal. So they had like half the show is improv, half the show was stand up. Okay. And she made everybody do everything, which was cool. So I got a little bit of improv training as well. And she would help coach with the stand up.
1: Okay. And uh what year is this? That was twenty thirteen. Two thousand thirteen,
0: yeah. yeah. okay, okay. So and that was pretty cool and that was kinda like kept me interested enough to keep at it myself. But then I joined another band for like a year and I quit comedy. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh and then uh but once that band kind of fizzled out, probably around two thousand fifteen, I got back into it like pretty Heavy and I've been trying to build at it ever since.
1: So. Yeah, so you're built. So okay, I didn't. I guess I didn't fully realize that. So you're mm-hmm. building your own routine and reputation, but yeah. then you're also trying to build a, a community and a yeah. a scene. Yeah, right. Yeah.
0: Oh, yeah. There's obviously some selfishness to it. But
1: well, no, uh, it makes sense yeah. though. I mean, you know, if you're which do you? Okay, let me ask you this: Do you travel to other cities and <laughs> try and do live mics type stuff? Yeah, uh, stuff?
0: I used to frequent Lafayette almost twice a week. Oh, yeah, okay. Uh, because they get, Lafayette has a huge scene right now for, like, local really? stuff. Really? They have a couple mics a week, but uh, every weekend they have big, like, headliners, shows, like, comedians that you've seen on TV and stuff oh, like really? that Oh, like, really? Right? I didn't even realize that, Lafayette man. has a huge scene right now for comedy, and uh, I have a lot of friends that I met from doing these open mics over there that have helped me a lot, kind of, like, build... <coughs> excuse me. I,
1: nah, man. Kind of take a drink, man. Things, got right? some water. Got some, right yeah, take a drink. Uh so I didn't realize, I, yeah. I almost went to Lafayette I, Well I'll, another story. Just don't let me start, <laughs> yeah. I'll, I won't stop on that So okay, yeah, no, so Lafayette uh, scene is growing So or I'll do has Lafayette grown.
0: Beaumont used to have a really good spot So I'll, and I've, you know, I've done New Orleans And Houston and stuff like that before Just kind of here, and anytime like we take a uh, Vacation or something somewhere, I'll find or this show. scene there and I'll do yeah. a show So like, my wife and I did our honeymoon In Key West Yeah and I was on like two shows that week that we were there, which thank you, uh, Lacey, for loving me so much to let me do that on our honeymoon.
1: <laughs> but it was just a cool thing. Well, it's going to be part yeah. of your life if that's so, if that's what your goal is. Yeah,
0: same thing. We're about to take a family vacation to Hilton Head, uh, South Carolina. Okay and savannah's like 45 minutes away so i'm already looking for spots over there nice that's
1: cool man yeah so that's kind of guess what we were trying to do with this show is when we travel is try to hook up with people wherever Mm -hmm. we're going and go hey can we walk because i have a mobile kit yeah you know and go hey while we're in town can we do a little yeah you know see what's going on Cool. yeah Yeah, i I have the similar aspiration because i mean you can do, do do the thing anywhere exactly and i'm happy i know it Sorry for interrupting the conversation, but I have something I need to tell you about. You may or may not know this, but this podcast is produced in the city of Sulphur, Louisiana, one of the sister cities that make up Southwest Louisiana. All of my childhood memories are wrapped up in the city of Sulphur. It's my home, and it's been a good home for most of my life. There is a growing diversity of unique businesses, services, and events in Sulphur, each with a rich and colorful story to tell about their particular place in this little jewel on the west side of the Calcasieu River. My mission is to promote good news, to put a positive signal out in the world. That's why my team at Parker Brand Creative Services has created the new brand, Sulphur, today. Here's how it works. Post your Sulphur event, service, Photos, videos, or information using the hashtag SulfurToday. That's it. My team and I will scan and curate those posts through the social media platforms we've put in place. Before you make your post, just type hashtag. That's a pound sign for the folks that don't know what a hashtag is in the words, sulfur today with no space. My team at Parker Brand is monitoring this tag right now, and they're ready to create positive digital curb appeal for our city by sharing all the very best Sulphur has to offer through the Sulphur Today social media pages. As the Sulphur Today project grows, we will be scheduling interviews and video sessions with businesses, events, and services so they can tell their story of Sulphur Today in a series of ongoing micro-documentaries. Look for the eye-catching Sulphur Today sign when you're out and about and be ready. We may be stopping by to visit you for a photo op. And don't forget to stop by the Parker Brand Creative Services Studio in Sulphur to grab a Sulphur Today decal for your vehicle or business. We want people visiting our area to know that they can find all the wonderful things we have to offer with ease and be a part of our history by utilizing the Sulphur Today pages or by searching the Sulphur Today hashtag. Do you want to help us tell the story of Sulphur Today? Here's what I need you to do right now. Visit and like the Facebook page at facebook.com slash sulfur today. And be sure to share positive sulfur information and post often using the hashtag sulfur today. Now, back to find the good news.
0: Well. So
1: this is interesting because I, I love watching those shows that... Um show a comedian like starting out and you know and like how they go through all the ups and downs and it seems like there's this constant thread the one is just the heartbreak man, like getting up there and bombing yeah. and they all talk about like, you have to bomb yeah. over and over to find like what works. Is that what you've experienced too? Oh yeah. <laughs> have I'm you still, bombed? I
0: still bomb. You still like, bomb? <laughs> it's a, uh, cause especially at like an open mic, but that's the idea is you're trying out new material. Sure. So you don't know what's going to land or not. Like it's, you can sit all day and write out the perfect bit, like in perfect format. Yeah. You know, like it'd be set up, punch, set up, punch and everything. And you'll get on stage and you'll try it and nobody cares.
1: Nobody about laughs. It.
0: And it's crazy because uh, you'll think that oh, this is going to kill. <laughs> it's going to slay. yeah. And then <laughs> you get up there and you get no response. So it is. It is and it is.
1: Uh, How do you work your way out of that? I mean, I got to know because yeah, I, right. I have had similar experiences, not with comedy, but... What do you do when you hit like okay this just bombed it's mm. crickets I'm looking at these people do you have like a way out like uh, a self-deprecating way out or what do you do
0: Um I'm sure some uh, it's probably different for everybody uh for me I'll either abruptly address the situation like the silence or something yeah. and try to riff so, off okay, of that Okay that yeah. okay and uh you know and it's not really like there's some comedians that can like Work their way out of that through the same bit, you know, the more professional people, I suppose. Uh, yeah, yeah, but I don't have that mindset just yet, so I'll just address it, and that usually kind of gets a quick laugh. And then I'll try to move on to something that I know will work, or I'll just keep bombing, whichever yeah. happens, uh, which has happened before. I've done, I did a show at Crying Eagle actually, probably about two or three months ago. And the place was packed, but nobody knew that there was going to be comedy.
1: Uh-huh. Man, that's and, uh, okay. That's yeah. a tricky thing, huh?
0: So I did like an eight-minute set of like, not even necessarily silence, but just confused looks. Like yeah. people trying to like eat and drink and like they're there with like their families and stuff. Yeah, and here's comedy. Yeah, and I'm like over here telling these weird jokes and they're just kind of like, why are you there?
1: Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, that's yeah. interesting, man, because Michelle and I like comedy. We, and we, we haven't been to a ton of shows, but we've yeah. been to some. And I have noticed that we went to one in Beaumont mm-hmm. at, um, and it was kind of like that. You could tell like almost the person before the headliner, there was just sort of this half attention. There was the drinking and socializing time and it yeah. really, really interrupted the whole vibe. We went for the comedy, yeah, but you could tell that there was a huge difference between mm-hmm. the, uh, the amount of attention. It's During w- that yeah.
0: time, people don't like to be surprised with comedy, it's a very specific yeah. thing. You gotta, yeah. like, you have to be there to know that it, you're going to be watching, you yeah. Because we'll get people that'll go uh, to the open mic at the social club every once in a while that are they don't realize it's going to be a comedy show. Like, now we've been doing it long enough to where every week we got a pretty steady crowd probably okay. about 25 30 people. Oh, really? Wow, that so that's actually a good... come, yeah, to watch.
1: Well, when uh, when is it when is it the same time every week it's every other thursday so oh.
0: next one's gonna be on the hang on i got it here on
1: my phone. okay every other thursday yeah
0: we just did one last week so it'll be next thursday
1: okay let me get the exact i gotta go date. check it out man yeah,
0: yeah it's pretty it's pretty fun let me get this exact date though because <laughs> i'm not very good with
1: dates. no that's okay every other thursday we can look at it right here so yeah. every other thursday we put it on there the 19th
0: <clears throat> yeah march 19th and the headliner we got For that one is going to be Drew Holloway from uh,
1: Houston. Okay, Now, I'm not familiar with him, but he's probably known in those circles. He's a he's
0: local Houston. Uh, He started about four years ago, and he's one of the ones that just started coming out to my show. Oh, really? Almost every almost every to watch you. Well, just to kind of sign up and do it. Oh, okay. I got you. I got you. So that was like to me that was cool because all the way you know that's like two two and a half hours away, and he's making his way out here to Lake Charles just to kind of like try something different. Yeah. Because Houston's comedy scene is massive.
1: Yeah, uh, like I've been to shows over there with the buddies. Yeah, and it's,
0: there's stuff going on like every night of the week at all kinds of different places. So uh, for him to actually branch out to here, so I watched him a few times, talked to him about it, and I was like, I think you can handle, you know, doing an extended period of time down here. I think he's going to do pretty well. Uh yeah. So, but next month we actually have this shirt right here. This is actually a, a comedian shirt. It says Blood Mouth. Yeah. That's a
1: Matt. local it's like, like a yeah. union it's supposed to be
0: kind of i think he describes that as like a gang
1: ah, i got you uh,
0: but it's uh he's a comedian from uh i think indiana okay. matt alano martin but uh, he he's came, coming yeah he came down a couple months ago and then i bought this shirt from him. we did the show it was fun and then he hit me up again he's coming back through uh april that would be april 2nd Yep, he's going to be at the social club doing about an hour's worth of time. Very nice. And he's like a professional comedian. He's been doing the uh, the festival circuit like for the past few years now. He has a couple albums out, and he's like all over like XM and stuff like that. So,
1: what's the ticket charge typically to get into the cover? No, it's free. Oh, it's free. Yeah, always really. Yeah. So, what's the incentive for? I mean, I'm just curious for a comedian to come to to the scene like that.
0: Uh, As far as just. Somebody new, it's ah, okay. uh, you just trying, you're trying out. Uh, yeah. that's the one thing about comedy is like you're always practicing. So, yeah. open mics is that's why I open this up as an open mic for people trying out new stuff and people that want to come through and try new material. Yeah, that's why some people come from like Lafayette or Beaumont or Houston and stuff like that because they've been doing the same material. Gotcha. in their town and they want to try it on a different set of people. So just to practice. And as far as like the headline stuff, I make sure they get taken care of. Yeah. So,
1: right on. Yeah. So you, you're organizing all this, which a lot of work, man. I yeah. mean, I, I've organized things where you're bringing in speakers and stuff and it's, it yeah. it's a lot of logistics, but so are you also performing at each show too?
0: I host them. Okay. So up top, I'll do a couple minutes, like try out a few new gotcha. jokes or something, kind of set the, the pace. It always doesn't work out that well, but, uh, <laughs> So, and then I'll, uh, I'll try to set the lineup. Yeah. I'll try to set the lineup, uh, up to where I'll know, like, we'll start it off with somebody pretty strong, some of the newer guys, and then we'll try to put another strong performer, some newer people, and then we'll end it strong,
1: you know? Okay.
0: So I'll try to have it to where it's like the whole show, like the last show that we did, uh, like I did my two or three minutes up top. And like I said, it didn't go over very well. I was trying out some brand new stuff and, uh, but the second the actual like show started it just it was
1: awesome great and okay. i had people
0: uh even after the show like people that and there was more people there that i've never seen before watching yeah which was cool and those people were coming up to me after the show like thanking me for setting this up and all this kind of stuff and me and that's awesome but for me i'm like did you not see what i did up there it was awful <laughs> <laughs> but that's just me thinking about my set but as far as the whole show was awesome.
1: What's yeah. interesting about all this is that I guess for me, I, I listen to a ton of podcasts mm-hmm. and I'll tell you, I'm going to jump off into a little story. Mm-hmm. This podcast was born from another comedian's podcast. It was, I had never really listened to podcasts before and I may have told some version of this, but I was up here one Saturday. I had a day's worth of work and it was when Allison Mack, you know, from Smallville, mm-hmm. you know, she was going through all that cult stuff and, that was in the news and I was a huge fan of the TV show Smallville and so I was like oh yeah I've been hearing about this and I I got online something put a bug in my head because I guess there was a news headline I was like I wonder what the other actors from the show think about this and I just went online and looked it up well I happened to see it says Michael Rosenbaum Talks about Allison Mac, you know, and I go, oh, well, what's this? You know, and I loved Michael Rosenbaum as Lex Luthor, you know, mm-hmm. so I'm like, well, I'll check this out. Why press play? Well, it was Theo Vaughn's podcast.
0: Oh, okay. okay.
1: And Michael Rosenbaum was on that. So it really wasn't all about Allison Mac. It yeah. was really just Michael Rosenbaum on Theo's podcast. So I'm sitting here working and I wasn't watching it. And I was going, I kept laughing, man. I didn't really realize I was listening to a comedy yeah. podcast. you know? So I was like, dude, these guys are cracking me up. And so I kind of looked up at the TV because it was on YouTube. And I'm seeing Theo Vaughn, and I go, where do I know this guy from? I couldn't put my finger on it. So I searched him up. I stopped working. I searched him up, and I was like, this is the guy from MTV Road Rules and all this stuff. Yeah. And he's cracking me up. And I was like, wow, I guess I haven't. It's been years, like a decade or more. And I'm like, he's completely reinvented himself. He's a comedian now. And I just got hooked on his podcast. Yeah. So I went down the podcast rabbit hole. Michael Rosenbaum, of course, he's got his own show. Mm-hmm. And I really like, between those two shows and some of the heart space they were getting into, but it was still funny. Yeah. It just, I was like, okay, we don't have this in our market. We don't have these types of... uh raw kind of conversations or people are really getting in there. So True. let's do that. Yeah. But, I, you know, there's no comedy to my show. Nobody laughs yeah. when you listen to Find the Good News. But <laughs> but at the same time, there was something in the comedy mind that mm-hmm. I felt like allowed space for, for you to talk about things that you just cannot talk about in other yeah. arenas. That That world of comedy is a safe zone because it's got comedy. You can go... Mm-hmm. Hey, I can push and knock down the fences because it's comedy. Yeah. But other people, I can't talk about that stuff because mm-hmm. it's, there's no, you know, <laughs> yeah. there's no comedy. Anyway, I tell you all that to mean, after that, I just realized that comedians were using podcasts to build their audiences. Yeah. And man, there's some really great comedians that I discovered that I had no idea about, <clears throat> you know? Yeah, that's,
0: that's, I've been a fan of stand up comedy forever. And the, the uh, I guess podcast thing with comedy, I didn't really realize how comedians were using that until like the Joe Rogan podcast got huge, yeah. And I'm not even, I'm not podcasts in general, and no offense, I'm not a big fan of, yeah, really. It's just never been something that was that interesting to me. Now, I've found some since like in the past couple of years that I've really liked, like because my wife and my uh, best friend, John, who actually they both helped me with the show, yeah, so I'm not doing it all alone, yeah, okay, <laughs> but, uh, you've got
1: a crew, got a team, yeah.
0: but uh. Like they listen to podcasts constantly. So they're always like, Check this out, check this out. Oh, uh, okay. So but I have noticed like uh like Mark Marin.
1: Oh, dude's one of my favorite I love yeah. that podcast. Uh, he's one of my
0: he's always been one of my favorite uh comedians. I didn't even realize he did a podcast. And he's, he's like one of the OG podcasters, yeah. yeah. For and, real. Uh, then I uh, so his podcast is one that I actually do like because he'll talk about things that I'm interested in. Yeah, sure. Like especially with other comedians and stuff like that. So but it is yeah. pretty interesting and I'll see a lot of like amateur comics that'll actually have more, they're more famous from their podcast than they are comedy. But I guess, I guess I need to start a podcast. Man, dude, I was (laughs)
1: wondering if you'd ever thought about it because I mean, you know, I I listen to some, some comedians Mm -hmm. like weekly, like a Crystal Leah's podcast is Mm -hmm. huge. Thea Vaughn. I will say that there's some that I've tried that I just don't get into. And I think there's something special going on with Chris's and, and Theo for sure. They, they yeah. really, Theo Vaughn's an
0: interesting guy. He's actually from new Orleans. Yeah, he sure yeah. is. Yeah. So, yeah. Actually
1: Covington over there. Yeah. yeah.
0: The last headliner that I had at the social club, Corey Mack was, uh, the guy who introduced him on his like last special that was on Netflix. Was yeah. On, so he, he actually, he filmed, apparently Theo Vaughn filmed it in new Orleans. Yeah, he did. Corey yeah. Mack opened the show and like, you can see him. Oh, okay. Getting him out of there. I was like, Hey, I, and I was watching it. Uh, Just one day I was seeing it and I was like, "That's Corey Mack. What the heck? How cool is that? Huh?" So that was pretty cool.
1: Yeah, it's neat seeing a comedian when it when it starts to tilt because I think Theo was one of those comedians. I mean, he was like, "Okay, I'm a Louisiana guy. I'm working the circuit. I don't know. You know, I think I'm funny." He, it's just like it completely blew up, and now it's like theo mm-hmm. vaughn man he's he's yeah. huge i think he's huge i mean i'm no, like he's, wow he, he's pretty big but he worked that podcast man yeah. to really build that audience yeah.
0: but uh and honestly i have talked with my buddy john and my wife Lacey, about us three starting a podcast oh yeah man. We, we're like we all three hang out pretty regularly and we shoot ideas off of each other uh for like my comedy for comedy shows and stuff yeah. like that so unlike,
1: i mean dude if somebody started a local <laughs> comedy podcast and you yeah. had a uh, format like if you go okay, this is what our yeah. show structure is, and we're going to do this. And I think it'd be great. You I'd never, love to see somebody do. It. I'd love to see you yeah, do that. <laughs> it, might,
0: it might come out one day. Who knows? I don't. Yeah, know. you never know. But, uh,
1: well, that's it's cool. Just, yeah,
0: it's not. But like I said before, podcasts were never really my thing. Like it's just starting to grow <clears throat> on me. Yeah. Past like year or two, so. But I just have to figure out, I'd want to do something different or unique as far as a format goes. Yeah. Like, I like what you have going on here because, like, you have uh, on your past ones you introduced as, like, street-level conversations sure. just with, you know, people. Which is really cool because it is one of the only ones that I've listened to where I've actually been like, I do want to hear what's going on here.
1: Well, that's good to know. So,
0: some of them are, some of them you listen to and it's just like. I don't, they're not doing anything interesting. just are not, not talking about anything interesting. I don't know.
1: Yeah, no, I hear you. Yeah, I've I <laughs> turned, I'm the same way. This show's... I don't know, man. I mean, I don't want to say mimicking other shows. I mean, I listen to a lot of them. When I'll tell you this, that when I do hear something in another show and I go, and I listen to it long enough, and I go, mm-hmm. I really like the way perhaps the host... leads a conversation and I'll notice that they're doing that over and over again. I won't maybe emulate it, but I'll take note. Mm -hmm. And so I, there are things and I hate to call them tricks, but there are things where you go, okay, when a conversation seems like it's stalling, Mm -hmm. I notice they do this and it does help. I mean, it helps to sort of, I mean, it's learning something, I guess. Comedy is probably a lot like that too, where you fill in the audience, right?
0: Yeah. Oh, for sure.
1: What does that feel like? I mean, when you really connect with an audience, (laughs) is it like, It's just like bam.
0: (laughs) If you have like yeah, having a really good show, like really everything you say, even if it's just a setup, and it's just like people are just attached to it and they're like, that's that's pretty intense. That's one of the reasons. Like it's the parallel of like bombing and then like just absolutely killing. Yeah, because it's like you ask like how to recover from like bombing, even after a show, it'll be something that sticks with you. It really will. Yeah. Until the next time you get on stage, you do a little bit better and you kind of forget about it <clears throat> or what you can do. Cause like the, the golden rule of comedy is like record every set that you do. Yeah. So even if you bomb, you go back and you listen to the set and you try to figure out why, what did I do wrong? You don't ever blame no, on yeah, the audience, yeah. <clears throat> you know, cause the audience is there, especially if it's a comedy show, they're there to be entertained. And sure. if you're not entertaining them, you did something wrong.
1: I get that. So try to
0: figure that out and you try to make it better for the next time. But when you go up there and you can just like, it doesn't even feel like you're trying. Yeah. Like, and they're just killing it. I mean, you're just killing it. People are just going crazy. And it's like, like, that's, that's the reason that you stick with it because you know that that's going to happen again and like you can live on that high forever. Yeah. You know, like, I'm, I did a show probably about a month ago and I'm still like super stoked on it, you know, but it was like this comedy game show in Lafayette actually <clears throat> called uh, Wait What? It's a drinking game. Okay. So it's like you have a list of things behind you that you can't see that the host made. Okay. And if I talk about any of that stuff, like they're familiar. Oh, with they have it. to yeah.
1: take a drink in your bit. If you yeah. talk about, so if it, I uh, talk about you know this stuff, cool.
0: them and the audience start drinking, but oh, I don't, I don't know what it is, but it's, you know, people that are familiar with what I usually talk about. So they'll, com- you know, compile this <laughs> list. And like, I, I got up there and it was just like, <clears throat> I hit everything on there apparently. And I was just like, killing it killing it yeah like one of the best shows i've probably ever done and i'm still stoked on that show
1: that's so funny man you know i I love that idea i'm scared to death of drinking games i don't drink anymore Mm -hmm. uh but many many years ago when i did the only time i played a drinking game was horribly bad for me and it was like we we didn't think this through you know we were it's one of our favorite tv shows and a bunch of (laughs) us all got together and uh it was every time a character says this, 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 or this. It was supernatural. I don't know if you know the show on CW. But the character's name is Sam and Dean, and he's always like either saying Sam or Sammy. Well, we put that in the frigging game. Nope. <laughs> yeah. I was really ashamed of the way I acted that night. I was like, I'll never play a drinking game again. That was a horrible idea. What was I thinking? Yeah. You know, <laughs> I, never got, like, I don't
0: drink anymore either. But uh, even when I did, I never really understood the point of drinking
1: I, games yeah to get completely yeah. wasted out that was my first and last time so yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I get exactly. it i was That's, like That's
0: yeah that, i don't want to do this anymore but, and it's, you just get real drunk real fast yeah and then So, yeah, I never got into drinking games either.
1: So I want to know, like, well, sorry, I cut you off. You were about to. I was going to say,
0: except for the wait, what drinking game? Because that's a comedy thing. And it's actually, it it involves the crowd and everything. So it's really good.
1: It does (laughs) sound like fun. It's a good idea, too. And if the host knows you, they can, like, tailor it to make it. (laughs)
0: Yeah. And that's the idea. And uh, also, it's cool because it, the crowd has to pay attention. Exactly. To what's going on. So it's like. That's right. It's good. So they want to, they're, they're looking, they're listening and So that's one of the reasons it's so successful.
1: It's, so. Man, that, see, that's something I want to incorporate into this show. And I, it, I guess it's because we're still trying to grow. <laughs> I mean, I don't think yeah. the pedals have unfolded on this thing yet. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I want to get listener questions for the guests. And okay. I, I love yeah. that on other shows. So, yeah. I mean, they're like, and when they go, hey, it's a question from Twitter. Hey, it's a question from our Patreon. But because we're still growing and trying to, probably a lot like when you're trying to grow a comedy scene, it's like, man, I'm like right up to the wire to get it all organized because yeah. we're just not robust enough, you know? Yeah. Uh, that'll come, you know, yeah, I hope. Sure. Because you're right. People will listen if they think there's a chance mm-hmm. that something they've asked will be, yeah, you know, answered on, on the show. Yeah. I like that a lot. And I'm happy. I know it. I'm help I hate to pause the program, but I want to ask you something. Did you know that you can help me and my team at Parker Brand Creative Services grow the Find the Good News signal? For less than a fancy cup of coffee, you can become an Early Risers Club patron on our Patreon page. What's Patreon? Well, it's a way for creators to fund their projects by pooling support from those really passionate people that believe in what they're doing. Do you believe in what we're doing with Find the Good News? I hope you do. We believe that there's already enough negative news in the world even right here at home, and that good people doing good works deserve a platform to speak from, To That's why we created Find the Good News, and we believe in that simple mission. Maybe you believe in it, too. If you do believe in finding and sharing good news, then head over to our Patreon page right now, or check out the link in the show description. For a commitment of $3.33 a month, you can join the Early Risers Club of Find the Good News Patreon supporters And get access to The B-Sides, a patrons-only podcast with the crew behind Find the Good News, Parker Brand Creative Services. Each time we level up, the Patreon rewards will get bigger. If you're tired of old news, bad news, and fake news, help support Find the Good News at patreon.com slash findthegoodnews. That's patreon.com slash findthegoodnews. Now, back to the episode. Just okay, I'm gonna go. We're going back in time now. Right. At what point do you realize in your life? I mean, you're 36. Yeah. You know, and we know and we know what kind of high school life you had. <laughs> <laughs> so, at what point do you go? People laugh at what is that? How it works? We're like, people are laughing at what I say, or people are telling me I'm funny.
0: Yeah. Uh and it's I've always like my I met my core group of friends. <clears throat> I met them in uh, middle school uh-huh. and been friends with most of them throughout high school. And I've met new you know, new friends since then, but they've always been the funniest people ever. Uh-huh. So it's always fun just to get with people and like crack jokes and, and laugh you know, and
1: laugh. Yeah, I agree.
0: But as far as just me, like <clears throat> by myself, uh, it was, I played music. I've been playing music since I was 11 years old on stage. <clears throat> and, uh, so I've, I've I'm used to being up there and people looking at me, but I was always just a guitarist, but in a couple of the bands that I was in before, uh I would be the only one that would talk to the crowd in between songs, okay, you know, so it's like we'd finish a song and I would just start cracking a joke about somebody in the crowd or something that happened or this and that, and I was doing it started doing it kind of a lot uh in between songs, and people were laughing and stuff like that, and then we just but I never really thought of anything of it and then after shows, it got to the point where people would start, do you do? stand-up at all because like you're really funny up there interesting you know things like that and I never thought about doing how it old
1: are you at this time when that's starting you're starting to get that probably back. like in my 20s
0: okay <clears throat> yeah I didn't actually start comedy until I was 30
1: okay so it was but I was you were still... getting that kind of response and <laughs> yeah. you're going huh this is interesting
0: but that was the thing too at the same time as far like as much music as I listen to I listened to almost as much if not more stand-up comedy yeah <clears throat> I was just always like buying new <clears throat> albums from uh you know, comedians that I liked and stuff like that. And then uh, as I got, you know, a little bit older and older through my 20s, still playing music, still getting the same reactions from, you know, talking to the crowd in between songs or whatever, I started listening to like uh, Patton Oswalt and Brian Posehn and Todd Berry, these other comedians. And they were saying kind of the, like, they had the same thoughts that I was thinking as far. Mm-hmm. Like Brian Posehn, his big thing is he's the metal comedian, you know? He just actually released a metal album. Okay. So he's uh, so he's out there. He's talking about what it's like to be a metalhead growing up, and he's making it funny. You know, yeah. Patton Oswalt pulling from and, his yeah. real
1: world stuff. Okay. And uh,
0: Patton Oswalt's out there, and he's you know just talking about being kind of an obscure like nerdy kid, you know, in, into indie music and alternative music and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's when I was like, that's you know, I think of these same exact things. Let me just get up there and try it. Yeah. And it took till I was about 30 to actually build up enough courage to get up there and just start it. Yeah. So that's, that's pretty much that whole thing. So I was always told, Oh, you're funny. Get up there. But if that's, I mean, that's, you know, even just in normal conversations, man, you should put that in your act and stuff like yeah. that. But it's such a different thing, talking to people and then cracking a joke about something. Right. A bit. And then actually trying to make it into a joke that you can bring to other people. Like joking with your friends is completely different than joking with just the public. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So, uh,
1: yeah, that's true. I, I can relate. I mean, mm-hmm. not with comedy, but even with this show, mm-hmm. like in other things where it's, I keep, I've learned to, so I was going to ask you about your process because I know for me, I had to start keeping, I have all these notebooks and they're for separate things. And I yeah. have one that is, um, just a quick thought not like deep journaling but like an observation Mm -hmm. you know if i'm standing in line and something's happening and it's it's usually not comedy but it's more about like why why do we do this or this behavior was odd i'll make that observation and i keep a notebook full of those things because Mm -hmm. they're good for me to go back and go okay this stood out to me today what can i if i meditate on this a little longer what's going to come out of it as a Mm -hmm. sort of a a perspective changing or a life changing thing yeah. framework I guess of whatever that is. I don't even know what the heck I use it for. Maybe, maybe this show, some of these conversations, I don't know. So I'm wondering, I hear other comedians say things like that. Like mm-hmm. I'm always writing and I'll writing my observations down. Is that sort of how your process <coughs> works or?
0: Yeah. I think, uh, <coughs> the base idea of any comedians process is you start, you, you hear something, or you see something and you question it automatically, mm. and then you're like, okay, let me put that down. Yeah, I have like, uh, like that's odd. Write yeah, that down, exactly. <clears throat> okay. Or same thing as far as going and like uh, in a conversation, and you might say something, and you'll hear people kind of start laughing at you. Like maybe whatever we're talking about, I need to write that down. You know? Uh, uh but gotcha. M- most of my stuff <clears throat> is, uh, I don't want to. I don't know. I, I do a lot of self deprecation stuff. (laughs) Okay. My confidence level. Does it work? It's pretty low. Uh, Yeah, it works because that's, you know, you can get up there and just poke fun at yourself. It's almost like this is probably what these people are thinking about me anyways. Uh, So I get up there and talk about being overweight or hairy or whatever. (laughs) That usually works out pretty well. I talk about my kids making fun of me, you know, stuff Being like that. Being overweight or hairy. Exactly. <laughs> but it, it, it works for a certain period of time, but at the same time, I'm still trying to grasp that just av- like the real world, make a deep connection with somebody. Yeah. Kind of jokes, you know, because I haven't quite gotten there yet. I'll see, you know, and I'll make notes of stuff like I'll see on Facebook and I'll try to write like a little joke about an article I read or mm-hmm. something like that. Yeah. You know? Right. Right. Because I've, I've never really gotten a topical humor i wondered
1: about that okay Uh, yeah
0: so i haven't really written anything that's like current up-to-date like humor but also part of the reason i haven't is because i'd want to keep these jokes for a while yeah
1: you need to get some equity out of them exactly right yeah so stories are good like pat from the past probably work really well for that
0: that's i actually had somebody uh tell me the other day after our show because I've been doing uh, this writing challenge where you write a new joke about a different subject every single okay. day for like the past 30 days. It's on like a group that I'm following on Facebook of comedians. Mm-hmm. A guy would come out there and like today, write about
1: this. And I see. Okay.
0: Find time. And I'll try to write a whole joke or bit about what he told us to.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, and the, the ones that I've been coming up with lately in the past, like the first few uh, days, probably half of it, it would just be, you know, just joke, joke, jokes, little yeah. jokey jokes. And then the past, few days have been stories Ah. and uh so at the last open mic we did the set that i did that went terribly was me trying to do some of the new jokey jokes from the stuff i've been writing without much preparation i see and uh but after the show i was talking to one of the guys that has been coming like every week to sign up mark and he was telling me because he always gets up there and he tells stories
1: Mm, stories yeah and he was
0: like you don't do much stories like and I, i I've been thinking about that ever since he told me that. Like maybe yeah. the next time I go up there, I'm probably going to just try to tell a story and punch it up and see if that actually connects. Yeah. With people. You can, you can
1: sort of I've le- heard other comedians yeah. talk about that storytelling as being very valuable. Cause they said, you know, you can begin to you're you're luring the audience in yeah. and so you're you're not required to make them laugh. That's the setup. Yeah. And so you just gotta make sure that yeah. the payoff for them is good. Mm, you exactly. Know, that, but and yeah, I've, I can see that.
0: I've done some jokes where it's like been like kind of a short little story, like, hey, I was here one time, this happened, this happened, this yeah. happened, and you try to build like the tension and then you boom hit him with a punchline. That's that's what I like about Patton Oswald so much, is like he can he'll have a whole Three to five minute bit that probably a good two or three minutes of it is just is like very dramatic setup, and then he'll just start hitting you with the funny yeah for so like the last couple yeah. minutes of it, and it's like but personally I haven't done that for myself yeah okay. it's still something I'm growing into, uh <clears throat> that's another thing too about the scene here in Lake Charles not having many open mics and things like that there's not as much time to practice yeah. You know, I can sit here and write stuff all day. Like I said before, I can write stuff. But you got to put it in front of a crowd if and I, test yeah. it. If I'm not testing it out in front of people, then I don't know if it's ever going to
1: work. You know? I've heard a lot of comedians say. I, I'm fascinated by comedians. Honestly, I, yeah. I think there's so much going on with them. One thing that I think is interesting, and I read this in one of George Carlin's books. Uh, it wasn't a really a comedy book; it was more like a biography. But he was yeah. saying how. For him, being a better comedian came from having a broad, broad knowledge base, he said, because the more I can draw from, the more I have tucked away in these, he said, the knowledge and then the time carves these little canyons in your brain and they get deeper and deeper and deeper. And it's just filled with all this information that you can just make more connections I thought that was pretty fascinating. I think yeah. that's why he was so intelligent too, because he was just studying constantly yeah. the world, you know,
0: and that's, uh, uh this is, all right, this is going to be weird, but probably about three years ago or something like that. Uh, right before Nate Bergatti got like huge, he's, I don't know if you've heard of him yet, but he has mm. a Netflix special out Okay, he's doing all kinds. Of, he's about to have another special. He's getting real big, but when he was, uh, a little bit smaller as far as, like, his uh, career. Like, I was, I'm friends with him on Facebook, and I just hit him up one day. Like, I never talked to the guy before, but I was like, hey, you know, you're a professional. You're getting pretty big. Like, what is some advice you can give for somebody else trying to grow? And he actually wrote me back, and he, his advice that he gave me was advice that Bill Burr gave him. Okay. Which was pretty much say yes to everything. Mm. Yeah, and I was like, okay. So like, when somebody's like, "Hey, come out here and do this," even if it's something that you don't normally do, you know what? Go experience that, and see if you can come up with something. Because like, just like you're saying, the more you know about the more knowledge you have of something, there's more opportunity for you to make a joke about it. Yeah. So, and it's it goes back into the same thing. Like if you watch old Seinfeld episodes, you can see Jerry going with George or whatever to just to oh, let me go experience that because I might be able to write something. Yeah. You know, and he's doing that. On his show, it's like he's telling you how to become a comedian in the format of a oh, thirty-minute, yeah, you know, right. comedy uh, show. So,
1: do you watch his show, uh, Comedians with Cars Getting Coffee?
0: I watched a few episodes of the comedians that I, I liked. Yeah. It's very uh, interesting. It's, it is interesting
1: yeah. when you get some powerhouses together. Mm-hmm. Like one, of, some of my favorite episodes. One of my favorite <clears throat> episodes was him and Jerry Lewis.
0: I don't think I watched
1: that. Oh, man. I mean, you know, Jerry Lewis is this sort of king of comedy and this trendsetter. Oh, and it was interesting to watch them sit down and have it just to, the, yeah. the natural comedy that they had between them. The mm. real sharp, subtle jokes. Like even the way they would interact with the waiter or waiter, wait, waitress. Yeah. Jerry Lewis was just had this natural ability to make a joke about something off the menu. Yeah. And it was smart. It was like... <laughs> Not just being a jackass. It was like, yeah. no, this was a funny, smart thing that he just yeah. intuited from the surroundings. And he didn't know where they were going, you know? And yeah. I was like, wow, what, that's what a real mm-hmm. master of comedy becomes over time. is yeah. just this ability to cut through the regular world and see the the, the laughter yeah. tucked yeah. into all these, like, sometimes even horrible things, mm-hmm. you know?
0: Yep. That's... Uh... And that's one thing I'm still trying to figure out for myself is just finding the funny in every situation. Mm. This writing challenge that I've been doing has been pretty cool helping me with that. Cause one of the things we had to write about, it was like on a Monday and it was mm-hmm. like, Hey, what did you do this weekend? And I didn't do anything that weekend. So I was like, how am I supposed to write about doing nothing?
1: Mm.
0: And then I came up with like a couple jokes that worked yeah. out of just out of, I didn't do anything this weekend. So I just wrote about that. Just, yeah. Hey, like, I don't even remember what it was. I think it was something stupid. Like, uh, I did my favorite thing this weekend, which is canceled all my plans, <laughs>
1: right. you
0: know? So, cause I just wanted to sit around and be by myself. But yeah. Either way. I don't know. So that was cool. Cause before, like I would never think to write about nothing, but yeah. he had me think about it. And so I sat there for a few minutes and I started just, I pull out my note uh, pad on my phone and I'll just start writing. What did I do? I sat around I watched Law and Order I did this I did this I did this Mm -hmm. and then from all those different things you start branching ideas like I can joke about that I can joke Uh about that so yeah (laughs) yeah. seeing the
1: comedy in everyday things is a a gift actually I mean because honestly not to bring it down a notch but (laughs) I mean, the state of the world, you could really look around and go, damn, there's a lot of stuff to really gripe about. And so yeah. if you don't have some, I always tell people, I'm laughing through my tears most of the time. Yeah. And that's that's honestly what I think a comedian's gift is. I think mm-hmm. Theo even said that. He said, when I can give you laughs, that's my blessing. That's my it's my healing for you, you yeah. know, is to go, oh, look, I've there's laughs inside of you and I'm pulling them out. That's a gift to you because it heals so many things. Mm-hmm. I think we can forget about that, that we need some laughter. Because I, I know whenever yeah. I'm devoid of, there are people that I've been around in my life that were just naturally funny and they've made me laugh. Yeah, And I can tell when I haven't been around those people mm-hmm. along because I start to feel, you know, devoid of laughter. And then yeah. the people that you're around all the time... uh that you think you're making laugh, you start to realize they're not laughing at you anymore. Nothing you're saying is funny. And it starts yeah. to go, man, I need to, I need to get, get around somebody yeah. funny, you know, that's,
0: that's why yeah, comedy is always going to be one of those things that people are going to look to,
1: to get out of
0: their funk, you know? Yeah. I just need to laugh. You hear people like at shows all the time, just like, Hey, you know, like I'll get people thinking of me. Thank you for setting up the show. You know, mm-hmm. it's like okay, I needed that today. was tough, or this week's been crazy. So just laughs. You know, coming here to laugh was, yeah, know, what I needed. So,
1: As, so who are your favorite comedians? <laughs> oh man, uh, <laughs> you're like, well, which, where do I start? <laughs>
0: I listen to so much comedy. It's ridiculous. Yeah, you um, got
1: somebody though that you just go, man, that's just game on for me every time. Pretty
0: much Patton Oswalt, uh, Todd Berry, uh who uh, Mark Maron. Yeah. Uh, he's got a new special that came out special, today, yeah. I think. Or, Is it today? I, I know think it's so, supposed yeah. to be pretty soon. We actually, uh, me, my wife, and my buddy John went and saw him in Houston a few months back while he was like working on this yeah. new special. So I'm excited to see what's coming out. What like what it's going to be like, you know? Yeah, the finalized version. Uh, but there's there's tons of like just tra- like comedians that travel all the time that you mm-hmm. know just kind of work the road, you know. Uh, that like there's. He's he's based out of, or is that Florida now? But he was from like Houston. That scene, this guy named Brian Ziola. Okay, and I talk about him all the time. He doesn't like. He's just one of the funniest people I've ever seen. Yeah, and uh, he's just a dude. He'll get on the road and like do you know a couple weeks here and there, and he always comes through. And like I'll hook him up with the show or something nice, or I'll go see him in Lafayette or whatever. And he's been doing comedy for. I think like eight or nine years now, really? but it's just like, he's one of the funniest people I've ever seen. And he's probably getting funnier. Yeah, And he's, yeah. Every time I see him, it's always yeah. better and better. And he's just like, when he gets on, he's one of the people, like when I see him get on the stage and it's just like, he controls the whole room. He gets everybody into what he's doing. Everybody that I've ever introduced him to as far as like, Hey, you got to come see this show. You got to come see this show.
1: I'm going to have to come. I've got to start going yeah. to your shows. Yeah, uh, that's,
0: but that's, And there's another dude from the guy I was talking about earlier, uh, Corey Mack from New Orleans. That dude is, like, I've never seen a show like what he does. Really? Yeah. And these are people that just like he works the New Orleans scene. Corey does, and he'll travel here and there to do shows every once in a while. But he makes a living doing comedy. But he he works all like the New Orleans scene, like real heavy. But he's just like he'll, he'll he incorporates beatboxing. Nice. into his uh, stuff and like just the f- funniest stuff I've ever seen and he was at the uh, he did the last open mic that we had he closed it down and he was up there for an hour like he was only I was like hey you know get, try to do like 30 minutes or whatever if, it's, if you're feeling an hour is a long time man <laughs> he did an hour and probably a good 20 minutes of that was like him just like riffing on the spot, like with the crowd that was there. Everybody was so into it. Oh, wow. And he was like, and I was just like, people like that is like inspiring to me. Like I can watch Netflix specials all day. Those are great. Those are funny. Those are well-crafted, you know, uh, routines and everything, but watching live comedy in a setting like that from people that are like these road dogs that are just working all the time that may not have specials and stuff out. Yeah. That's usually my favorite stuff to watch. Yeah. <laughs> because you get to see them like, live in action and you get to see all the filler stuff that might get cut from like a special or something like that. Right. If they a you get to see them actually be real and, you know, f- like veer off from what the actual joke is and start making new
1: jokes. I've noticed that if you're, if you listen to like a podcast with a comedian <laughs> and then you listen to their special, sometimes mm-hmm. you'll hear something that they, they kind of almost like, Oh, they discovered this joke while yeah. they were talking on their podcast. Mm-hmm. Like, and you laughed at it then. <clears throat> yeah. And it wasn't a bit. You know, and now it's a bit. Now it's a bit, yeah. but it's like refined. As the story a little different, and you go, oh, "Wow, that's cool that they found that they mm-hmm. found that through a conversation." Yeah. yeah,
0: yeah. That's I don't know. It's always cool to see something like that. So, yeah. yeah. But live comedy, all these guys road dogs. Those are the best comedians out there.
1: How cool yeah. is that for that to be in this area? And I'm, I'm really just kind of having that V8 moment here. Like, Oh my gosh, I can't believe I've been missing out on this because I do love comedy. Mm-hmm. And it's one of those things where it's like, well, you think you got to wait for a big comedian to come yeah. you know, out of town or, you know, you gonna have to travel, get a hotel, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. But the reality is, I mean, if people go to y'all show, in enough time, some of these people may be they may not be these road dogs anymore, right? Yeah. I mean, they may be well, the ones going on the Netflix and Netflix and having exactly. Netflix special.
0: I have a guy uh, actually coming in April. Uh, so April second, uh, Matt Elena Martin, who he's one of the road dogs that I'm talking about, but he has a couple albums out, you know, and he does all the festivals and stuff the uh, not the next week but the week after that, whatever that date is, um, is gonna be Steve Gillespie, and he's been on like Conan. And stuff like that before. That
1: name sounds familiar. So he
0: has a couple uh specials out and stuff like that. So he's been doing it for a while, but uh like he I got hit up by it's another guy from New Orleans named Ben Hoffman that is uh they're gonna be doing some shows together. He heard about this show and was like, you know, can is there a date that we can work with? And I worked with them, you know, and what it's going to take to get them here. And so we're going to have them here in uh, April. Let me, I'll get that date for you. <laughs> yeah. Well,
1: while you look that up, I mean, I just want to ask you another question. So your main gig is, I mean, this is a side hustle, right? I yeah. mean, this is something you're just passionate about. Yeah. I mean, you have a, a regular nine to five and all that yeah. kind of stuff too. I do. I think a lot of people what am I talking about? I don't know what other people think, (laughs) but I I have to make some kind of an assumption that it's easy for people to forget that people who do things like that, or even like this podcast, you've got a really a regular nine to five, you know, a schedule, you got to still win the bread and butter, you know, to keep the lights on. Yeah. And, uh, so there's a lot of love in it, I'm assuming, because sometimes it's the only reason you're doing something. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. That's,
0: and it was the same way when I was playing music. Oh, that date was uh,
1: April 16th. April 16th, okay. <laughs> so uh,
0: April 16th, Steve, Steve Gillespie. Uh, so either way, but yeah, um, even when I was playing music, it's, I did the same thing. I would book bands that were on tour and stuff like that, uh, just for the love of it, just trying to bring something new to the area. Yeah. You know, and because uh, in Lake Charles a great place for art. Like, it's crazy because people don't see it, but like, there's just like artists of all kinds everywhere, yeah. you know, like some of the most talented musicians are from Lake Charles. We have guys that are naturally funny that are out there doing stuff, you know? Yeah. But it's just like convincing the rest of people in this area that we have it here. Like you don't have, like you said, waiting for something big to come through. You yeah. Know? People, they really think that like, what's, what is it? You know, they, they want it to be worth their time, but right. it's like, it's, it's just go out and give it a chance, you know? Yeah. And it's going to be worth your time. Like same thing with the comedy, same thing with just music, you know, go into the downtown art walks and stuff like that. Man, we've got some crazy talented people. Yeah. It's in true. Lake Charles. It's just, you got to convince the rest of the people that it's worth their time.
1: Yeah. Well, and, and, you know, everybody's got a different reason for sticking around a community, you know? Yeah. I mean, that's one, another conversation that kind of s- seeded this podcast was that, you know why why live here when you can live somewhere where the water's clean and there's not, you know, you know, not cancer alley and i mean there's all these th- reasons you can sit and look around and go man I, why would you choose this but yeah. then there's other people who choose that for all kinds of reasons i mean yeah. it could be the art scene it could be the music scene it's where they feel like they're at home it's where their friends mm-hmm. are at it's love is is a weird thing it works yeah. magic sometimes i mean and you can you can you're willing to balance out a little good and bad sometimes, you yeah. know, to, to have something like that. And so, you know, I I think that uh, it could be family, it could be your comedy scene. I mean, once you get into that and you watching that grow, I mean, you get into a relationship with it, and as you see it grow and and change and morph. I mean, God, imagine twenty years from now looking back, you might be the yeah the the reason there is a scene at all at some point that's actually uh, robust and healthy yeah. and. Yeah, could be one. Of, just like you said, Lafayette's doing great. I mean, why yeah. can't Lake Charles have that, too?
0: Exactly. I still, I still a lot of their ideas
1: to do. Uh, well, you here. can look over there and see what it work, what works. Well, then, that's mean, what it know.
0: is. It's like, okay, so they do things like this. It's like, what can I do here? And you adapt it to your area. But, yeah. you know, like you said, you try to figure out what works for them and what can work here. And, like, that's the idea. And, like, you know, as far as just, uh, like, leaving or whatever. Cause people would ask me that all the time too, when I was in a band, just like, why don't you move somewhere where there's, you know, why don't you move to Austin or something where there's already like, there's like already, a scene? You know, yeah. But it's like, it's cool being that band from a place like here, you know? And it's the same thing like as with a comedian, you know, it's cool being a comic from here and then you go somewhere else and they're like, where are you from? Yeah. Like, wh- how are you doing that out there? You know? Yeah. So, and that's the idea behind building that scene. Like you said, it's like, it'd be great if in a few years from now, it's like, We actually have, it'd be nice to have a dedicated comedy club or at least a couple of venues that dedicate a couple nights a week or a month to comedy. So that's, I've actually been very, very grateful that Wade and the social club have let me do that because it's like, I literally asked every facility. And they were the (laughs) ones who bid on that. And they were just like, let's give it a shot.
1: Yeah, they were going, and it seems like from what, yeah. what I've heard about that place, they're trying to go for something a little different, too. Yeah. There's some synergy that can happen there, too, because, you know, Crying Eagle being the only real yeah. production brewery in town, you know. I mean, that may change, yeah. but for now, that's it. You know, there's some synergy that can happen there because there's some close proximity, you know. Yeah,
0: and that's, I don't know, Crying Eagle's a cool place, too. I would love to have a show. At Crying Eagle, like, when we first started, like, with the Lake Charles, we have a Lake Charles comedy, like, Facebook page. We used to have a group of us that would yeah. actually get together and try try out these different ideas. And uh when we first, like, we had a show at Crying Eagle for a few months. when It was, like, they were still pretty new. They didn't have a mm-hmm. kitchen or any of that kind of yeah. stuff. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, and it worked out, it was all right, but it just kind of fizzled away, you know? Yeah. And I would like to get something like that back at a place like Crying Eagle now, especially because they have a way bigger name for themselves now.
1: Than they did, yeah.
0: And they have like, the food option in comedy also is like, kind of go hand in hand. Yeah. Because comedy shows tend to be a little bit earlier than like concerts and stuff like that. Right. You know, people want to get off of work, you know, get dressed up or whatever, be somewhere by seven or eight. They can eat dinner. And I yeah. can watch, you know, people tell jokes. Around. Yeah,
1: like the imp- uh, improv is like yeah. that. You know, Michelle, I, I haven't been, but Michelle, my wife, she, mm-hmm. she's she been. And she was like, yeah, this is great because you could yeah. eat and everything. It yeah, was... that's a
0: that's a big thing. And uh, I talked to, there's, I need I need to find a place here that will let me do, you know, at least a show, like a dinner and a show type thing yeah. would be really cool. Yeah. Uh, I just got to find the right place.
1: It'd be cool to put, put to some kind that. of outdoor event together, too. Yeah that would be cool there's some cool parks around here yeah. i think that, i think you could probably pull something like that off right and you know again like you, you you're you the one who knows though i mean you got your arms kind of wrapped around it so yeah. you know what works and what doesn't
0: so there's uh yeah i, don't know. I was about to say something i completely forgot <laughs> man what was it gonna be about i bet it was funny whatever it was i doubt it
1: <laughs> i mean that's this has been fun man <laughs> yeah. i i've enjoyed this honestly i uh I'm glad to know about it. I'm mm-hmm. going to definitely go, especially you nailed it, man. For, like for me, look, I mean, I'm <clears throat> not that I'm over the hill that far, but I mean, I'm 45 years old. I have a family at work. I got a lot of responsibilities. So yeah. going out mm-hmm. to like a late night thing is yeah. just, man, it just ain't going to happen. I oh, mean, yeah. I've got, it's got to be early cause I get tired now, man. I mean, yeah. it, cause I got to get up early. So it's <laughs> like, you know, I, and I, for me, and again, this is just my own personal taste. I would prefer to go to a comedy show than a concert. Yeah, you know,
0: it's, it's definitely a more relaxed environment. <clears throat> For comedy sure, comedy shows. I like
1: to laugh, man.
0: And like I said, the one at the the one that we do at the social club right now. Uh, it starts at eight. Mm-hmm. It's usually over by ten. You know, even if it goes that late, sometimes yeah. it's a little bit sooner, just depending on the night. But. uh you know, and it's a kind of like you never you don't know what you're gonna see. Yeah, you're, you might see somebody go for the first time and they don't do so well, but then the next guy is gonna get up there and just yeah. slaughter it. You know, because it's a it's an open mic, so anything goes. Yeah, like, if you want to get up there and be funny? Come on, man.
1: <laughs> well, I mean, you know what's funny about that? Uh, that to me, I think maybe that even is part of my fascination with comedy, and not just them, not just going to the show, but uh, there's something even about going and watching somebody bomb. Yeah, even if it's their first time, there's something encouraging about that to me. No, mm-hmm. <clears throat> oh, especially when I'm watching these documentaries, I'm like, "Look, they, they just really keep doing this." I go, "What does it take?" Yeah, where do they find that at? That's fascinating to me. It really mm-hmm. is. Like people who keep trying something, even though anxiety and fear and depression and everything else is like screaming, "Don't go up there and bomb yeah. again!" Why do you yeah. want to do this? Cause some of these personality types, when you when you when these documentaries focus on them, you're going, how are they doing <laughs> yeah. this? But they keep going. They get up there, and I'm like, wow, man! They get through all that stuff, and then they bomb. Yeah. And they go back and do it yeah. again, yeah. and they keep yeah. tightening the screws. And I'm like, well, look at you. I mean, that's like, yeah. It's I don't a, know. It's impressive.
0: It's a weird like perseverance thing for sure, and it's definitely uh, I because mean, I have a lot of anxieties too, and. But like I said I've been on stage Since I was like 11 At least playing music So being on stage Isn't really so that part A bother wasn't to you it. it got weird When I was up there By myself
1: Oh yeah And everybody's yeah. Focusing
0: on you But like And I don't <laughs> right. Yeah So and it's like But I don't know What you know What I can't speak For other comedians sure. Necessarily But it's just It is It's one of the most addictive things I've ever done, ever. Like, playing music could be awesome. I could be, you know, at a show in front of 500 people, and they're, like, singing along with us, you know, and they're watching every move that I do, and that's awesome. I can get off stage and feel good about that, but I've never felt as good as, like, killing at a show and then getting off stage, even if it was just for five minutes. Yeah. And I get off stage, and I knew that I made everybody in that room laugh. Like, yeah. that is the best feeling ever. Oh, it's it's but, a gift, yeah. man. It really is. So even, and like you were saying about bombing, it's like, You can feel the worst you've ever felt after a show from bombing, but you know, like you said, tighten it up, get better. You just got to work through that. Yeah. (laughs) uh, So, and then that makes the next one better. And then once it actually clicks, you just, something inside you, you're just like, yes, I gotta keep doing
1: this. I think Chris he had said something and I thought, man, this is, he was being funny, but he was talking about. You you know, his stomach would be like soup or something, you know? And he's like, but you know, he's like, so all he could think about was, okay, left foot forward, now right foot forward, just to get to the microphone. He said, you know, you got to get through that stuff. I mean, that's Mm -hmm. really literally what it's like. Like I've got to just getting to the microphone can be work. Yeah. You know, I know there's
0: definitely some nights I've been up there where like we'll have the show and I have to host the show. So I'm like the first person everybody sees that they expect funny out of. And like I said, sometimes it didn't work, Mm. you know, but like the times that it did work would be some of the days where it's like, I've had a long day at work, hadn't had a chance to like think, get any thoughts together. Mm -hmm. And it's like, I got to get off of work and then I got to go to this place. I got to set up the sound and then get the show organized, you know? Yeah. And then I got to get up there and be funny. And it's just like, sometimes I'll just get up there with an idea. I'll write it down and I'll put it next to me and I'll look at the notebook and i'll just start talking about that but almost with the like feeling that i had of that day like whether it be yeah. just kind of like dragging or like a little depressed or a little you know just sad about it and i'll just kind of bring that through the jokes that i'm saying mm-hmm. and a lot of times that makes it work or connect even better
1: yeah because it's probably because it's real you're connecting yeah. it to actual human energy i can imagine getting up and doing a rehearsed bit is this is interesting it's this was one of the things I can relate to this was when I used to give presentations and I would overthink it when I first started. was like, well, I gotta have all this information on my slides and I gotta make sure I click through each thing and I have to know what's on the slide and say it exactly. And then I read this book called presentations in, and this guy took the complete opposite approach and just stripped it all down. Yeah. And I got to where I really started doing what he did and it changed everything. He would say, <clears throat> just, put a picture on the screen you know and that picture is just sort of a summation of the idea that you're trying to get across yeah know your stuff for sure he said but then just let that picture stand alone and, and be a partner to what you're going to say i would give the same presentation you know three times with the mm-hmm. same set at slide deck yeah but it If you came to those three presentations, you'd probably get a different version because I'm not drawing on like this bulleted out Mm -hmm. thing. It was more I could go, oh, or if I had a new experience between the first one and the second one, I could add it in and it was a story. It was relatable and my personality or whatever was allowed to be free Mm -hmm. versus Oh gosh, this anxiety of this structure that I've built. And I can yeah. imagine comedy is not that different. It's like if I structure out this joke and then I get up yeah. and just read it, then it's not funny. It doesn't But work, you can yeah. just let it go, right? I mean, and it would be. That's
0: literally exactly. That's filling out the audience, pretty much, is what you said. You just fill out what you can feel, connect with the audience yeah, and that's how you, you know, that's how you win them over to be on your side.
1: (laughs) It's funny. (laughs) I used to tell people, I still tell people this, we're talking about, I'm bring God into this conversation. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, these people say, you know, I'm taught, I talk to God or God talks to me. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of questions that people have about that. And I've, I tried to explain to somebody one time through comedy in, in that being on stage, I said, imagine that you're up on stage doing a presentation or you're a comedian and, you look out of the audience of all these people and you're terrified and we've all been to presentations or comedy shows like that. But then you notice that there's like one or two people in the audience. That's really connecting with that person on stage. And then, Mm -hmm. so that person starts to work to those people and then they are laughing Mm -hmm. because it's made them more comfortable. I said, that sometimes is what I think these people they're saying. Like God's talking to me. It's like, God's going, okay. I'm, I'm kind of like trying to talk to everybody yeah. but you know what like you two are getting it so here's everything I'm talking to you right now you know that's <laughs> so, pretty interesting yeah. <laughs> so these people are like okay I'm paying attention you know yeah. just me just me alone in this audience <laughs> and I was like you know I, I wonder if that's not what uh, sometimes when you people go man they got in their brain. What are they talking about? And it's like, well, man, you know, he's like giving them all the attention right now and getting all this information Maybe on so. the, the jokes on them. It's yeah. for them, you know? They get to see it.
0: Yeah. That's actually pretty interesting to think about. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
1: You know, I even I think of comedian's like that. I used to think that way about George Carlin. I used to tell mm-hmm. people when I first kind of... It's funny because I didn't really get into his comedy through watching him. Mm-hmm. My dad had a little... Yeah, my dad had a lot of pocket books. He loved to read pocketbooks, books, action yeah. adventure books. But he had some comedy books, and uh, it was Brain Droppings. Mm-hmm. And I was sitting, I was home visiting one time, and in, in college, and I was in his library, looking for some pocket i and like, oh, what's this Brain Droppings? And I read like three pages, and I was like, man, cracking up reading this book. Yeah. And I realized that the subject matter he was getting into. I was like, this is actually, it's funny, but it's wise. Yeah. It was this weird fusion for me. And I, as as the years went by, I come to believe that George Carlin was, uh there was something else going on with him. Like I was going, something else is happening here. This isn't just comedy. Like this is yeah. beyond comedy. It's funny yeah. because the joke's on us, yeah. you know. But he yeah. gets that this is all a joke. Yeah. Does it make yeah. sense?
0: No, that makes perfect sense. And there is a lot of uh intelligence to what he does
1: talk about the, yeah and that's uh well the conspiracy theory yeah. you know that gets back around to what you started with you Trudno. can go like he, he would crack open these yeah. structures and systems and like you'd almost laugh and cry at the same time like you am not laugh but this is horrible yeah <laughs> you
0: know? that's the thing I, I tend to stay away from a lot of that stuff in my humor <laughs> mostly because I don't think I'm smart enough to come up with anything clever about it uh, but maybe if I would have finished school I would be no um <laughs>
1: look at this we're going all the way home man we're Mm. going right back to the start this is great that's great that's what we call a
0: callback Ah,
1: (laughs) oh callback okay no but
0: uh yeah just that state of like i don't know mostly personal stories like i said and self-deprecation but a lot of my favorite comedians are some of those people that can break into like who you are as a person Mm. or, or into like a political thing or a conspiracy you know yeah, and they can break it apart, and it's just like, like, where do you even come up with these like these ideas? Yeah, Mark yeah. Maron can do a lot of stuff like that too. Like if you listen to his specials and stuff mm-hmm. like that, he can get real deep
1: on his podcast too. Like yeah. his whole intro before he actually visits with his guests, you know, he does his little. Mm-hmm. It's funny because I go, man, it's not scripted. He's just talking to me. That's what I feel like yeah. sometimes. And there's something he said that I still bring up, like on his podcast. He was talking about. Going somewhere and like being bothered by this certain group of people and how come they were enjoying this and he wasn't? And he came and and, and then he just said, He goes, I don't know what the hell's wrong with me. Why can't I just let people have their fun? And there was something about that, man, that like vibrated right into me. I was mm-hmm. like, oh God, the way it was, was so real that he said it, what he was talking about. And that one little line like framed him for me because I went, dude, I get that. Yeah. I get what you just said a hundred percent because it was so human and real, you know, and that really endeared me to his show because I, I just think he's a real guy. I mean, he'll yeah. just tell it like it is and what, what's going on with him, you know,
0: that's the same, like watching his specials or like when we saw him live, it was like, it just feels like, a one-sided conversation. Like, he's talking to you. Yeah. And like, you're involved in the conversation, but he's the only one talking. Yeah. You know, but it's, like, everything that he's saying, you're like, uh-huh. I isn't
1: know. that interesting? Yeah. That is a gift, because he—you're right. He makes you feel like—that's probably why his podcast is so yeah. successful and, and long-running. He has that gift. He was talking about stopping at—it's funny what you'll latch onto, to it, in a story, but he was talking about driving— stopping at a Whataburger because he was hungry. And, and what was interesting to me is the way he described that whole experience. He wasn't trying to make a joke. Yeah, He was really complaining about something, mm-hmm. his health or something like that. But what I thought was interesting was the lack of recognition. And I, I told my wife, I said, so here's Mark Marin telling you he's driving across, you know, country or whatever, and he gets hungry, stops at a Whataburger. And in my mind, I'm, I'm trying to imagine me stopping at a Whataburger mm-hmm. And seeing Mark Maron in line in front of me and going, that looks like Mark Maron. There's something just so human about yeah. him in general. Like he's just kind of out here with us. Is what it feels like, you know? Yeah, yep. Yeah. That, that
0: that's that's pretty cool thing. That but that's the thing about like the difference between music and comedy. Like yeah. in music, your favorite bands, your favorite musicians almost feel untouchable. Yeah, sometimes. they're set apart. They are. And comedy, yeah. like you, like you said, you can see these people on a personal level for one thing, cause they talk about a lot of personal things, but even literally seeing them out or meeting them. And it's not like yeah, the same thing. It's know?
1: weird. It's, I think that's probably why Theo Vaughn, mm-hmm. I, I, I like his show because I mean, man, come on. I mean, he'll, he'll talk about pissing the bed as a kid and you think he's joking around, cracking a joke. Yeah. And then you're laughing and then you realize, Oh, no, he's actually talking yeah. about like he peed the bed a lot, you know, yeah. and then it comes up all the time. And it's like it becomes funny and you realize he's making a, a little bit of a joke about it, but it's a real thing. Like yeah. he's actually sharing like, yeah, this is a struggle for me. And you're going, oh, damn, man. Like, you know, <laughs> yeah. it's not it's endearing. He's human. He's out here with us. He had yeah. the same problem, same mm-hmm. fears, but he can somehow laugh at life. Yeah. And make you laugh too. That's a, I don't know. Again, I think that's a gift because we need it, man. I mean, yeah. I need it because when I, again, like I said, I, when I don't have it, I can feel it. Yeah. You know, it, I'm, I'll am i be carrying all this stuff and there's something about comedy that just, you know, just pulls, the, it draws that stuff out yeah. of you. You know, and you're like, oh, I feel so much lighter now, you know, from having laughed and cried and all yeah. that stuff.
0: Yeah. Especially if it's something, especially if somebody hits on something that is bothering you oh yeah that day or something just in the world that it's kind of on everyone's mind like the coronavirus or like, right you know things as people start cracking jokes about things like that and it kind of eases you up just like oh you know it is nothing to really take that serious right right you know? yeah. so that's one of the cool things about comedy I'm not I don't have any jokes about the coronavirus but
1: <laughs> actually I wanted to ask you and I'm gonna wrap this up here I know you probably got somewhere to be but uh, is there anything that's just taboo that you just go, eh, that's off limits or in, in the, that's specific to our area? Uh, or do you just kind of go, hey, it's, it's, it's all gloves? It's
0: usually anything goes. The only thing I'll tell people, uh, nothing racist and nothing like yeah, rapey. <laughs> I guess. Yeah. Like don't, you know. And, right. And here's the thing. I actually had a conversation with somebody the other day about that at the show. It's like you can bring those points up, but if you can't do it in the right way, then don't
1: talk about it's it. It's treacherous territory. Uh, yeah. Yeah. You, <laughs> you know, cause
0: I'm... there's just some things that what's like, what's the point of even bringing up, you know, race or, you know, the, uh, creepy yeah. sexual stuff, you know, like, Oh yeah. So, and I'm not saying you can't talk about your personal sexual experiences, you know, or things like
1: that. Yeah. That's fine. Make it funny. But don't but make like, a joke of an atrocity. <laughs> oh exactly. yeah. Yeah. I get, there's some that's... social justice involved in, and... <clears throat> yeah. I get that.
0: Those are the only things I tell people not to talk about that. And like, Don't get too heavy on, like, religion, I guess, like, Uh, you know, but still, like, like I said, if you can make it funny, make it funny.
1: Well, sure. I mean, what I think, I mean, I, I, I'm highly interested in religion. I'm an enthusiast, I would say, probably. And, uh, I love religion jokes. I think they're great that we can laugh at. I mean, you know, some of the things that we do and believe, you know, I mean, it's funny the other day. I realize I might have offended somebody. Uh, We were in here, and, you know, we're trying to be careful with the coronavirus. I mean, not fear-mongering, but, like, we're just keeping our hands clean. It's a simple thing. But I let them know, you know, the um, pump of his hands, you know, because we shook hands. I said, look, I don't know what I've touched. You know, here's your sanitizer. Get a pump or two in there, you know, wipe it around. And he said, yeah, at church the other day. You know, we—they told us we're not going to be doing communion anymore. You know, and I just don't know how that's going to affect people. And I said, "Yeah." I said, "Well, you know," I said, "the uh, vi- viruses don't care what we believe." And that was just what I said, yeah. but I could tell, like, I offended. Yeah. It wasn't said, but like, it was like the air got sucked out of the room. I wasn't trying to be funny. I yeah. just mumbled out this thing that I thought is, like, "Well, the virus doesn't care," yeah. and it's—and I think I offended, yeah. you know. And so, which is
0: crazy though, because it's—it's it's true and that is actually really funny <laughs> so but like you can make that into a joke but it's just yeah it's like why a virus has no thought process yeah
1: you know it's, i always have found that interesting that we will attach god's mercy or god's um vengeance to things that yeah. just happen mm-hmm. i've always I, i'm very interested in that like yeah. If a hurricane moves, you know, a different direction, yeah. then the people who were praying for it to move will attribute it to the prayers. But if it decimates an area, they'll attribute it to, like, there's too many homosexuals living there, yeah, yeah. You know, and I'm like, what the heck are That's, we doing? It's like we can just play this game yeah. of assignment, you know. Remember, <laughs> it's kind of funny. Look, weird. here I am making comedy out religion. You exactly. just said not to do that. Well, well, no, really. but,
0: and I made my mom real mad one time uh, during Hurricane Rita. Uh, cause I ended up going with my family up to Shreveport. We let it pass. And then we we're coming back down, like almost like clockwork every time she would. Cause once you started getting closer to here, like, uh, a little bit North of here, you, you would start seeing like these houses that were just crushed, demolished. Oh. And then one would be standing up. Perfect. Every time you'd see one of those perfect houses, my mom would make the comment just like, Oh, they must've been praying hard. And then nothing, nothing, another house that was perfect. Oh, they must have been praying really Interesting. hard. And I was like, what do you think those other people were doing whose yeah. houses, who don't have a place to live now? Do you think that, right? what were they doing? And she was just like, I don't know, Chase, shut up.
1: I know, man. I like, like, I I have like, I oh, boy, get me in that place. And I'm like, yeah. you got, come on now. Like, <laughs> yeah. there's like this uh, trend in that where people will say, well, you know, the reason these good things happened, you know, or, or a sick child, you know. That's a difficult thing, yeah. you know, and here I'm going to bring it down, man. I'm about to bring it really hard, <laughs> bring it down. But like, you know, you a sick child and everybody's praying for that sick child. And I would, I would too, honestly, mm-hmm. I will too. But that child realistically may, may not make it. Yeah. Right. <clears throat> Do we assign then that God didn't care, you know? Yeah. You know, because I, I always equate it to like these kids in Syria that I watch on Twitter, which just, God, I mean, that's, that's like, I want to cry, you know? Yeah. And I'm, like, looking at these, this horror show, this human horror show, and I'm going, I'm watching those people pray, too. Yeah. While Russian helicopters drop barrel bombs on their helms, mm-hmm. you know, and they're carrying their babies out, you know, yeah. covered in blood. And I'm like, those people are praying, too. Mm-hmm. So do I then assign that they does? You see where I'm at. I yeah. go, this is just doesn't make any sense. We do not need to keep doing this. Yeah. And I just, I almost think it's... One of the worst things humans can do is to attribute yeah. divinity to natural, natural things. Yeah. All coronavirus is a, is a, a punishment. Yeah, coronavirus is like virus. Yeah, exactly. It's, yeah. yeah, it's just that, and it's not. A, you know, we don't need to overthink this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we can it's make true. it. We make it worse by overthinking it. Actually, yeah. and assigning these things to it, guilt and shame and. Oh, deservance and all this stuff, man. Don't get me started, dude. See, I get <laughs> yeah. off on that tangent. I'm like, what? <laughs> Shouldn't have said religion. <laughs> yeah, there you go. That's my problem right there. And I'm happy. I know it. This episode's Fishing for Goodies fishbowl sponsor is Brimstone Museum and Henning Cultural Center in Sulphur, Louisiana. I don't know what you look for when you travel, but one of the things I look for when I'm putting together my itinerary is a unique museum or gallery in the city I'm traveling to. I do this almost every time I go to a new city, but if I'm being honest, I'm guilty of not always doing that very thing right here at home in Sulphur, Louisiana. That's really a shame, because we have one of the most interesting, historically relevant, and culturally rich corners in any city in the country about two minutes from where I'm sitting right now. I'm talking about the Brimstone Museum and Henning Cultural Center. Have you ever really thought about why our city is named Sulphur? They've got a permanent exhibit on the history of the Sulphur industry that answers that simple question and more. You really get a full scope of just how important the Sulphur mining industry was to the development of Southwest Louisiana and the impact it had on the rest of the world. Yes, the rest of the world. On the same property, right next door to the museum, is the Henning Cultural Center, presenting some of the most interesting, modern, and culturally relevant local art shows I've ever seen. My dear friend, Tom Trahan, and the Brimstone Historical Society have really worked hard to give us this treasure, and it's a multifaceted jewel that I plan to take advantage of more often. You don't have to wonder what their hours are, or how to get there, or what shows are coming up. Just go to brimstonemuseum.org, like I did, and subscribe to their mailing list list right there on the homepage, that's brimstonemuseum.org. Tom will make sure you start getting the announcements for each and every new show at the gallery. But you don't have to wait for the mail to arrive to enjoy this historical local treasure. You don't have to be guilty, like me, of overlooking a local wonder that conveniently sits next to The Grove, one of the most beautiful walking parks in southwest Louisiana. Drop in and say hi to Tom for me the museum and center, and make sure to tell Tom that you heard about Brimstone Museum on Find the Good News. Now, let's take that dive in the fishbowl.
0: All
1: right, so this has been fun, even though I brought religion into it. Just like you said, man, you were right. You're right. It's where it goes. Don't bring that up if you're a comedian in Southwest Louisiana. Uh, but this part of the show... It's called Fishing for Goodies. Did you listen to like the whole...
0: I haven't made it to the end of it. They're long,
1: now. aren't they? So, you
0: know, I'm they're busy. <laughs> yeah, I
1: hear you. All right, so this part of the show is where I step out and okay. the fishbowl steps in. You see my cool fishbowl? I see that.
0: This whole place is cool, actually. Oh, so. well,
1: cool, man. Yeah. Thank you. I'm glad you like it. I like it, too. It's a it's a bit of a stacky mishmash of stuff. But the fishbowl has... Speaking of mishmashes of stuff, the fishbowl has over 400 questions and growing Nice. Uh, Some of them I've put in there. Mm -hmm. Some listeners have put in there over the last year. And then some are like game cards from from conversation starter games. just all mixed in there. So you get to draw three Mm -hmm. and then read them, and then we'll talk about them.
0: Okay. How clean are these?
1: (laughs) How? Yeah, and those have not been sanitized, but you're going to need to sanitize. There's been a lot of hands in that bowl. I start now? Go ahead. Mm -hmm. Do I do them all? Three no, however ones? you want, man. No rules.
0: Two and three. All, all right. right. Let's go this first one. Are games you love to play as a kid.
1: Hang on uh, a <laughs> second. There we go. He's sanitizing, guys.
0: Um, That's weird. I spent most of my life playing music from, I was, really? from the time I was like 10 until you know even now. So I didn't really play a whole lot of like.
1: Games, games, and playing games like, like Red a, Rover, Ringer on the Rosie. I'm sure I did jump, some of that. Nothing really. Scotch.
0: Nothing really sticks out in my mind. Once were you video, started
1: no video games,
0: I did play a lot of uh, Contra. And, <laughs> oh, uh, dude, Nintendo! There well, we go. You can see that right there? Oh yeah,
1: he's got he's got video game tattoos all over his arm. That's nice. So I did
0: do a lot of that. Uh, a lot of Mega Man, Bomberman. Stuff okay. like that for regular Nintendo. So, yeah. yeah, I guess you can say that. But once I started playing music, I didn't care about
1: anything else. You just dropped that, huh? Boom, I'm just going
0: to do this from now on. Well, how so. old were you?
1: You said 11? 11, 11, 11, Wow, yeah. man.
0: Yeah, me and my brother My brother played as well. So that's what we did. We'd get home from school and we'd go straight into the shed we had out in the did back. Did you teach
1: yourselves how to play? Or Pretty you know much. Go, our, dad wow, played,
0: like our dad played guitar. And uh, so we would sit there and uh, he taught me how to play a little bit of stuff. Uh, dr- I don't know how my brother learned how to play drums. I'm not going to lie. He just started playing drums.
1: Had a natural ability, and it was like really Wild, freaking good.
0: Man. <laughs> yeah, like one of the best drum. Like, and like I said, we were eleven and twelve years old, and he's just back there. We'd play like Metallica and all Jeez, kinds of stuff.
1: There's something about a good drummer, uh, man. Yeah, I, I had a friend of mine in high school. His younger brother, and he's that's still what he does. He's went mm-hmm. on to do all kinds of like Broadway plays and stuff. Yeah. I mean, he's an incredible drummer. But I remember going to their house in high school. And hearing him, and we went and just watched him. And I was like, what the heck? It's kind of yeah. like, how I said, like pulling the the laughs that are stored up in you mm-hmm. out of you. I feel like that was good drummer. I'm like, yeah. you just got the beats in you. That's like, it's just in you to <clears throat> have rhythm, and yeah. you can just naturally he did pour it, out man. the beats. My brother
0: did that. And like I said, he just, like, I remember we went to a friend's house one day when we were probably about 10 or 11, mm-hmm. and uh, he. This dude's, like, dad played drums or something like that, and he had, like, the hi-hat and the snare, Yeah, and we were listening to, like, Tim McGraw or something goofy like that, and my brother just, like, picked up the sticks and, like, played the
1: beat. He had it.
0: And I was like, how do you know how to do
1: that? Wow, dude.
0: So, So once I started learning how to play guitar, we just would hold ourselves up, like, in the shed out back, and we just would we pretty much learned how to play music from each other, you know, after we learned the basics. And we would listen to stuff and we would learn something. we were playing like I said, we were playing like Metallica, like Danzig and Nirvana <laughs> right. and just crazy stuff like that that eleven year olds probably shouldn't be playing. But awesome, man. It was that's cool. cool though. But that's that's what I spent most of my childhood doing.
1: I love that answer. So no games. Uh, I went right to business.
0: Pretty much well like, you know, a few games before we learned <laughs> the business. Uh, but yeah, mostly
1: that good question.
0: Yeah, that was. What makes you lose sleep? Oh. My daughter.
1: Your daughter. <laughs>
0: Mostly because she wakes me up every freaking night in the middle of the <laughs> she night. She
1: literally makes you yes. lose sleep. How old is she? Uh, she's five. Okay, yeah. so she's like, Daddy. Dude,
0: she comes, she'll wake me up just to tell me that she's still sleepy.
1: That's I don't so like, funny. I'm what is I'm your problem? my son's like that. Yeah. He knows when you've yeah. uh, my wife and I were talking about this, and it's just like, man we can't sleep in the same bed because he's like, he needs a buddy. He still needs a bed buddy. And I love him and I do enjoy that time. But, but you know, you just go at some point, I wonder when it's going to change. Like,
0: yeah, but she almost like clockwork. Like every night I'll fall asleep and a couple hours later, here she comes and she'll just want to like lay with me or whatever. That's fine. But man, like I like sleeping too, but, uh, so that's what literally makes me lose sleep. Yeah, is that uh, as far as just like anything that stays on my mind, I don't really. You I don't can, have that kind of. I stuff, can go huh? to sleep pretty easy. My wife can contest to that, because <laughs> <laughs> she'll gripe about me. Just I'll lay down and I'm just snoring. It's funny. I'm I used to not
1: be like that, but I'm like that yeah. now. My wife would say the same thing. I, we. I guess I, I used to not snore, but now I, I guess I do. And she'll like wake me up and say, Please roll over on your side. I'm like, I hate that I snore. I went on this men's retreat, man. Mm-hmm. And you know, I wasn't one of the youngest guys there, but I was younger and I didn't yeah. snore at that time. And everybody kept telling me, Oh, bring your plugs, bring your plugs, and I was like, Ah, come on. But a lot of those guys were older. Yeah. Dude, they ain't no lie. <laughs> you know 20 guys 30 guys i don't remember it was a whole everything we were it was like bunk bed situation everybody was in the same room mm-hmm. it was horrible man and then when people it was the first time in my life and this wasn't too long ago this was the first time in my life where i really understood where people got that term saw and logs i really? sounded it like good, oh crazy. dude it was nuts and it was a yeah. bunch i mean it wasn't like one guy it was this cascade yeah. And it was almost like it got worse as the night went on. You're three in the morning. It's like, and I was like, "Oh my god, I'm not gonna get any sleep. Yeah. I'm not gonna make it."
0: I'm pretty sure I'm that one of those guys that yeah. keeps
1: everyone awake. Some deep buzzing so, going on, man. Because
0: I'll even wake myself up snoring sometimes.
1: Oh yeah, it like like, happens to me. If I
0: lay on my back and I'm just like <laughs> getting into it, yeah, I just
1: <laughs> I wake up like, "What? That was me." Okay, what? Yeah. I like that, what? How yeah. oh, was that? Oh, that was me. Yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> scare with your snuff with your own snore. So. That's I can't, I can relate. I mean, you know, I guess to some degree, I hate that I snore now, though.
0: Yeah, it's I don't know. I've been doing it for so long, I'm used to it. Well, yeah. other people need to be. I guess my wife's used to it. I should say that. I've been doing it for so long, she got used to it. I almost
1: wish my wife snored that way. I didn't, so was both of us snoring, <laughs> both, you know. Yeah.
0: That we could just keep the whole house awake.
1: Well, I'm deaf in my left ear, so I can roll over and put my right side on a put my right side of my face on a pillow. I'm good, man. I can't hear anything. You know, interesting. So
0: actually, I have harder hearing out of my right ear because, interestingly enough, when I was in high school, I went and saw this Christian metal band. Who was it? They were called Bride.
1: Okay. Yeah,
0: Uh, I don't think they they were kind of big. And then like, I went with a buddy of mine and his like church group. Yeah. And it was in this tiny little place in Houston, and there was like. 15 people there, but they had like, like, is it like when I say tiny place, it was like the size of this room, and
1: Golly. they were in
0: this corner, and they were so freaking loud. And they were just like, and uh, I think the, the one song that they had that was big was called, like, we're, we're Not Going to Hell No, We Won't Go, and they were just like cranking it out, like Guns N' Roses style type stuff. Uh-huh. And by the time we left the show, I was like, I can't hear out of this ear ever.
1: Then it still is messed messed up. God, dude, Jesus stole my hearing. That's the name of your memoir. (laughs) Exactly. Holy cow. (laughs) So,
0: yeah, that was. So, yeah, like when I'm laying like this, I can't really hear that well. It's all muffled. Wow. And I'm sure I didn't help it either just playing music myself and hardly ever wore earplugs. Yeah, yeah. But that was the one time I can remember, like, this hurts. And. And honest, it never went yeah.
1: away. God, nah, dude, just messed your earring. Jesus did Jesus did you. that
0: to me. God. <laughs> so, all right, let's see what this one says. If you weren't concerned with what other people thought, what would you, wait, what would you like to be doing with your life? Uh, I really don't care what other people think anyways. Really? Yeah. That's good. That's so, a gift
1: out there, man.
0: Uh, It's probably... But I mean, the only thing that I would I'm just stand up comedy, if I could dedicate most of my time to stand up, like <clears throat> that's the only thing I would be doing right now. Yeah. And that is one thing that you have to not care what other people think about to get up there and just talk about stuff. Yeah. You know, you
1: can so. tell when somebody <clears throat> is not comfortable. Yeah, It doesn't matter if it's not just stand up. I mean, it can be anything. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So, I'm not sure people have bad things to say about me. Well, whatever. Just let it go. Yeah. It's like,
1: whatever. So that's uh, I
0: guess it could be a blessing and a curse because <laughs> sometimes you should take that criticism that people have, you know, cause I might be doing something that somebody doesn't like at all. And I'm just like, whatever.
1: <laughs> I listened to something this morning kind of in that category and I thought it was fascinating. And the fact that you're talking about it and I guess it's not that fascinating. I don't know, but he was just talking about how if you wake up in the morning and then you get up and you do the exact same things that you did the day before. Like if you drive to work the same path, you make, you're on a routine and you've been doing it for a long time. He said, you're living in the person you were yesterday. You've, you've succumbed Mm -hmm. to the version of you from the day before. Uh, He said, so this guy's advocating like changing those things, because if you want to do new things, you have to change some of those external stimulators that are keeping you in yesterday Okay. I was like, I never really, I, you know, I've I thought of bad habits, yeah, right? Like, well, I need these bad, these destructive habits. I'm taking too many pills, you know, <laughs> whatever yeah. it is, painkillers or whatever. I mean, not, I'm, I'm not addicted to painkillers. I'm just using that as an example. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but, you know, I was like, okay, yeah, I've thought of that before, you know, maybe quit biting your nails or something. I don't know, maybe a little more tame. Yeah. But I didn't think of like the regular things is like, well, I get up every morning at four, I make mm-hmm. breakfast, I make the coffee, I brush my That stuff seems pretty innocuous. Yeah. But it's actually a skin that's keeping you in yesterday's version of you. Like that's interesting to that think, interesting. think
0: about. It's yeah. crazy, because actually that that'll be stuff that starts kind of bothering me like lately if one thing's been on my mind a lot it's that i do like i go to work you know the same job every day mm. and like i get up at the same time get the kids ready go to work get home do this do this do this and yeah. then i have like a short period of time to actually be myself
1: yeah you know? and i get that too and uh yeah.
0: so like that it but it's hard to break from that but i, I am aware of it you know yeah But because you're like, if, if I break from that, like it it can mess up this whole chain of events because it's not just me I'm thinking about, I'm thinking about my wife and my kids and my job and everything, you know? So it's like, it it could be pretty stressful to think about that because there is part of me that wants to not have that routine, you know? Like I said, if I could be doing anything, it'd be comedy. If I can make as much money as I make at my day job telling jokes every day, yeah, that's what I would be doing. And that, you know, that would be a different, I don't even know if it would be the same routine because it's just something different every time you're up there. But right now, as far as work goes, it is, I'm like six o'clock in the morning doing this. By the time it's this time, I'm out the door. By the yeah, time yeah, it's yeah. this time, I'm at work. By the time, you know, and then at work, it's the same thing. You go to lunch at this time. Give this person lunch at this time. Do this at this time. Yeah, man. <clears throat> it's it's that
1: <throat> that stuff like that. And another guest and I were talking about this. That stuff like that is like river water smoothing out a stone. I mean, because it's so consistent and it's so the same and it's taking all your identifiers off. Yeah. You know what I mean? All your textures, all your colors before long, you're just this bleached rock. That's just smooth. Like all the other rocks and you got to pull it out of the water and yeah. yeah, And and put it somewhere else and carve something into it or something, Mm. because it's like, if not, we're all just exactly the same, just getting worn down by, this systemic stuff that's, yeah, yeah, here we go. Watch me dive <laughs> off into that now. But, yeah, no, I mean, I get what you're saying. I mean, and with comedy, you got to have some room yeah, for that stuff to just sort of germinate and, like, be a little petri dish and let some stuff grow in there.
0: Well, that falls back into the category of, like, just say yes to everything. Like, yeah, if I don't yeah. have, you know, if I'm doing the same thing every day, where is the opportunity to learn something different or to grow? Yeah. To where I can even come up with new material from, you know experiences if i'm like if i'm you know experiencing the same exact thing for about 12 hours in a day and i have two to three hours to myself and usually those two to three hours is watching chopped
1: (laughs) and eating dinner (laughs) and then going to bed right
0: like i I can only write so many jokes about the food network you know
1: no i get exactly what you mean i feel like that too i i and honestly this show has been that blessing because i get to meet people like you and other people which is a doorway in but even this can become Mm-hmm. That One of those things, you know, yeah. if I'm not careful, like for instance, I'll tell you short and then we can get out of this thing. But I go for a walk every morning before work and I like to go to the local parks. But, you know, I only have so much time, yeah. but it's my time. Right. But I like to read as well. And so what I have, what's happened is I go, well, this is my time and I like to read. and I like to write and I love to listen to music. I like to meditate. I like to pray. I do like all these things I like. And I get this almost frustrated feeling that starts to yes. arise. And it's like I've only got this time. Which one of these things do I want to do? How can I fit them all together? And it's like all this going together. And so this morning, I realize was like I'm walking and listening to a bo- an audio book, and it's actually frustrating me because I feel like it's becoming routine, and th- and even though it's my yeah. time. I'm almost mad that I can't just uh, sink into it as long as I want to. It's silly. So today I just like, forget this. I'm doing something completely different. So I went to the park and I just sat in front of the water fountain Mm -hmm. and I said a mantra for 20 minutes and like just zonked out into that space. And I felt myself just like totally limp out all that poison thinking of frustration, just like melted away into the sound of the water, into the mantra. And I was like, okay. I broke the I broke this yeah. freaking watch. I'm stuck in. Even though it's a healthy, these things would most people are like. Oh, good, you're reading and walking. Yeah. but it's those things routine, too can yeah. become routine and like mm-hmm. catch you. I've done going, this, mm-hmm.
0: the same exact thing with my days off of work, where it's uh, even on my <clears> days off. It's like I would schedule what I'm doing for that day. And it's like, yeah, so even on my days off, I'll still feel like I'm in the same rut sometimes. Yeah,
1: I I totally get that, man. (laughs) It's It's wild, isn't it? It's funny how, what they call it? The noonday devil, I think is what some people call that. It's like those things that seem... Mm-hmm. Yeah, they almost like catch you again. It's like, oh well, okay, you broke this system, but hang on, I'll take this thing you love and turn that into a system too. Ah, now you're ah, stuck ah. in this thing. And it's like even comedy, I bet you can yeah. be like that. Like sure. organizing and trying to get all the people, and before long, you're like, man, I'm stuck in this yeah. thing, and then the joy starts to leak out. Yeah, you feel, you know, it's on. And then you drive off, and it's all <laughs> over the ground. It's like, oh man, yeah. I need an old change already. Come on. <laughs> all right man i got one last question for you okay see that yellow mug right there yes that belongs to you now
0: oh i love a new coffee mug
1: there's a question on the back all right all right here yep
0: did anything good happen today yeah so far, this is what I've done today. Is but it it's been it's been great, actually. Uh, good. Because it goes back into the breaking the routine conversation we were just having. Yeah. I told my wife, even like right before I came here, too, that I was nervous just simply because of the fact, and this is true, it's like, I don't like meeting new people. Ah. Uh. And I don't like having conversations with people <laughs> I don't know. Right.
1: And you had and both of those things. Here I
0: am. So. Yeah. This has been a great thing for me, just as far as breaking those that trend of doing the same thing all the time and meeting new people. Well, and that's good. Not hating it.
1: That's <laughs> so, good. Oh yes. I, man. I hear you. I have social, yeah. I probably yeah. should say I had social anxiety or mm-hmm. I think I've reidentified it as something else. And so I get it, man. Yeah. I would, I would probably have been terrified to back years ago to come and sit down with somebody I didn't know. Yeah. But I think that probably like you with comedy, having those things helps mm-hmm. you learn how to treat people better because you go, you know, how can I make the other person more comfortable? Yeah. Because I know they might, they potentially could be going through that, you know, yeah. cause I've went through it. So yeah, I'm glad to hear that, man. Yeah. That's a positive thing. It is. It's very good for me. So (laughs) what's the best way for people to follow you or find this information about the comedy scene in Lake Charles?
0: Uh, Right now, you can just follow my Facebook page. Just my normal, everyday. Your personal page? Personal page. Chase Bonin. We also have Lake Charles Comedy on Facebook. Okay. I have a Twitter that nobody pays attention to. (laughs) and uh, (laughs) So you can try to find I don't even know what my handle is. (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> it's how much I pay attention to it as much. Well, as in it, this market no here, does. man, yeah. it's just not, it, it yeah. hasn't got the roots like it.
0: And uh, I do, uh, and I'm on Instagram as well, but. Do you um, use that? Uh, barely.
1: Barely, yeah. yeah. The main thing, is has Facebook been good for you? Facebook
0: though? Facebook is good. Uh, I, I get a lot of promotion on there. And
1: uh, Well, what about so, the uh, the place, too? Does there, they have their own page? Do yeah. they promote your events as well? Social
0: Club, they'll promote every event that they have there. They're really good at promoting, too. That was another cool thing about getting it with them is they actually promote as well as me. So okay. it's not everything just relying on my shoulders. Okay. So. But yeah, so you can follow the social club. They got like two or three different pages on, uh, Instagram and on Facebook. Okay. And then my personal page or Lake Charles comedy would be the best ways
1: All right, to find everything. So the best thing is then they, they go follow you personally on Facebook. Mm-hmm. They also follow the Lake Charles comedy scene on Facebook. Mm-hmm. And then the social club on Facebook. You're going to find the information. But primarily, you're every other Thursday, 8 yeah. o'clock to 10?
0: 8 o'clock, usually about 10. Every show is free. Wow, to the that, that's great. So you don't ever have to worry about having to pay to get in to watch anybody. And you're going to see a solid performer by the end of the night. You'll watch an open mic. You'll watch people trying new stuff. But then it's always going to be closed out by somebody that's a professional or at least a semi professional.
1: All right, Chase Bonin, Late Charles Comedy, Late Charles Comedian. Thanks.
0: You're welcome. <laughs> I love you just as
1: Thanks for listening to my conversation with Chase Bonin. If you found something good in this conversation, consider helping me keep the signal strong by supporting good news at patreon.com slash find the good news. I thank you for pressing play, for listening, and for sharing good news.